Death and Betrayal podcast. With you today, I'm Alex, and joining me on deck is Craig Peruge. How you doing, Craig? Not bad. How about you, Alex? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Been busy, which is nice. Um, mm-hmm. Lots been lots going on since. Yeah, you, uh, had a, you had a you had an interesting weekend here, didn't you? I did have an interesting weekend. Uh, I went to Kelowna for a bit, mm-hmm. drove through the mountain pass. That was a little, was a little wild, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little white knuckly. Uh, just past um, Lake Louise. Yeah. Somewhere between Lake Louise and Golden. I, I can't really remember where. Like oh, yeah. a, a semi, like drove off the mountain. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, like straight through the Jersey barriers, like just gone. Uh, and he must have done it like probably within an hour, I'd say, of like me getting to that point on friday night uh-huh. um so it was kind of like sunset a little bit uh and they just had like two vehicles of like retrieval and rescue and there was just a sign up like well before that that said emergency scene ahead mm-hmm. so it's just like oh damn um and i assumed it was a semi because i don't know what else is going to get through like several jersey barriers like that yeah but, yeah, yeah. somebody has to have some weight behind it yeah yeah exactly and then when i was driving back on sunday um they were actually only just hauling it out. Like, oh, so I saw them like winching it out um, or oh, at wow. least the trailer. I, I don't know if the actual truck and cab and stuff was still down there, but hmm. um, yeah, haven't seen anything on the news for it yet, but. Oh, uh, that, that, that in the mountains there, they have a tendency, like there's so many accidents like that. I don't, I don't know. I, they usually don't report like so on, on it that much. Maybe, in, maybe on Calgary or Calgary's, uh, mm-hmm. Because I mean, we're we're quite a ways. That doesn't really affect Edmonton. Yeah, true. Um, I'd be interested to know what happened. What happened? Yeah. yeah um. Anyway, so yeah, I was supposed to be there until like Tuesday, and then I was just like, nope. Uh, Tuesday is gonna be sketchy. So we're going back Sunday. So, uh, so what were you doing? In, in um, yeah, I was picking out like a new a new puppy. A new puppy. Yep. Uh, so I have puppy. to swing back there on the twenty eighth and grab it. Just like ah. a whirlwind trip on a plane. Um, I'm not fucking driving it. Like I was gonna. <laughs> I had I, like I'd never driven the mountains in the winter, and I was just like, it's fine. Like I've done, I've done PEI to Fredericton in like a hurricane level blizzard. Like yeah, I'm sure it'll be nothing. And I did that in a Civic, and then I was just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not fucking doing this. <laughs> like, just like this is stressful. So we stopped in like Golden Friday night and stayed in Golden, and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then continued on to Kelowna I, in the morning. I can honestly say I have never driven through past Jasper or Banff in the wintertime. Uh, uh, just... Yeah, yeah. This is <sighs> the first. I don't think I'd do it again. Um, I'll go to Banff still. Like, yeah. go to Banff or Jasper still, no no questions. But like, oh, yeah. I'm not going to Revelstoke <laughs> to, <laughs> for skiing. Like, I'll leave that to the BC side. Yeah, um, I hear you on that one. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, whew, that was nuts. Um, yeah. Anyways, agenda for tonight, we're gonna get into mm-hmm. a little bit of hobby talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably chat about return to Istvan a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we've got a listener list. Uh, the second one for Jake, the at the original applesauce on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, he wants to go with something a little bit different. So I liked it. It was a challenge for me. Mm-hmm. Um. 
to find something that I thought was still going to be effective and still fit. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then we've got, we've got an interview with Reese over at frontline gaming to kind of yeah. wrap us up and take it out. So, um, yeah, I mean that, that segment's not all 30 K obviously it's, it's a little more about frontline gaming and, um, and their just, events. Yeah. And their events. Uh, exactly. Um, which is something that, you know, we, we can't make it to, uh, this year. Um, unfortunately. Yeah. Or I mean, maybe something later in the year, maybe, but, uh, yeah, keep here's we'll keep fingers crossed. We'll see. Yep. Um, but no, that, that was a good chat, and then we'll uh, and then we'll finish out um, with a little bit of a wrap up, throw a little bow on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been up to, hobby wise? Because I forgot you the last time. <laughs> uh, let's see. What have I been? Uh, I have. I tried a test scheme for a Emperor's Children. Um, uh, paint scheme. So yep. I did. Up, uh, I had an extra contemptor dreadnought kicking around, and uh, I did it up in a purple that I was able to get from Turbo Dork. Oh, yeah. uh, it's yep. called Purple People or People Eater. People Eater. Purple People Eater. Purple People Eater. Yeah. And it's got a metallic sheen to it. I really liked it. Um, I thought it turned out really good. My only issue has been trying to find a gold that goes with it that will really stand out um, because everything I've used so far has been m- muted compared to the, uh, the metallic of this purple. Go, um, go pick up. I, I think red claw might have some of these sets. If not uh, industrial park games, I know mm-hmm. definitely has some of these sets and get the um, gold metal and alchemy set from scale 75. Mm. Uh, that's got every gold you're going to need in there. Okay. Um, yeah, that that's that's the way to go. If you're having trouble with golds, mm. like that, I used I exclusively used those colors in the gold that I did on Fulgrim's like pauldron. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good to know. I also tried my hand at uh, marble effect, and I thought it turned out really well. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think it went went pretty good. How did you do it? So uh, I went and raided the garbage that we have by our. Uh, I know it sounds like I'm a garbage picker, but we have a garbage up by our dryer full yep. of bounce sheets. Use bounce sheets. Oh, yeah. Yep. And so I pulled one of them out and I stretched out and I stretched it out and I got it nice and, you know, stretched out. And then I took it across over the shoulder pad of the Contemptor Dreadnought and I tightened it real tight. But first I did a black base coat. I got that's going to make that clear. I did a black base coat and then hit it with some gray mm-hmm. uh, in different spots so that there would be some different tones to the, uh, to the marble itself stretched it over it sprayed it white sprayed it white again sprayed it white again then peeled off the uh the bounce sheet and uh, just kind of added some little streaks here and there of my own a little thicker thicker ones yeah i thought for the first attempt i thought it turned out pretty good i was really happy with it to tell you the truth yeah yeah no it looked it looked good um it's it's a tough technique i think to get down Mm -hmm. um i tried oh go ahead Oh, I was going to say, I tried it on like some terrain. I didn't do like a great job on, um, but whatever it's terrain. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I hear, I hear you. I mean, it is a tough technique and I know there are guys out there that, um, do it by hand. Um, yeah, I might try yeah. that one next. Uh, I, I, if I was going to be doing an Empress children, Arm, which I'm thinking I'm looking at doing it next year. Yeah. Um, probably later in the year, new year, new Legion, baby. Um, my plan is I want to do it in mass. So I needed to find a way to do it quickly. Um, 
because I really wanted like uh, not in mass when I say in mass, but like yeah, I mean like on, on, on vehicles yeah. and yeah, on yeah, yeah, so just stuff like that. And I figured I don't want to have to be hand painting this. I'm also been having some problems with my hand lately. Uh, my carpal tunnel is really starting to kick in. Mm. So I can't paint for extended periods of time. That's why it's been taking me so long to get things done. Yeah. So and then on top on on top of that, I finished a five man plasma squad or support squad for my world eaters for Return to Istavan and their Rhino that I've been working on since when did we start the podcast? Uh, like April. <laughs> yeah, April. April. Uh, okay. And really, all I had to do was the front um the front hull part of the hull and the tracks and i just i dragged my feet on it forever and finally finished it and just was like you know i'm gonna get it done so yeah. i finally finished that <laughs> and uh i got some my return to istaban stuff is now 100 percent complete the rhino is obviously not for it but everything else is 100 percent complete nice i'm ready to go Nice. Um, what about you? What have you been working on? Oh, well, before I get into that, actually, it just reminded me. I was looking at my Titanicus. I do. Um, I run. Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank on the Legio Legio Solara. Mm -hmm. uh, and so they have kind of like a weird color scheme. So I, I tried to do like green marble instead, mm -hmm. and that I used the bounce sheets for that. And mechanically, it went really well. But I like I appreciated it, and I don't think I should have. Mm -hmm. So I kind of have to go back with like a brush, I think, and kind of pick out some of those main veins and thicken them up a little bit. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're like that, that rhino you were talking about. I got them like 90% of the way in, <laughs> in March and I just <laughs> haven't touched them since. Like, um, uh, I hear you on that one. Game wise, it's an awesome game. Like it, it's, it's really balanced plays really well. It's a lot of fun. I've played, played against Brady and actually Brady was playing a game with Luke Cash last mm. week on it i think i'm um, getting him like introduced to it mm -hmm. um and that almost got me inspired to paint it but not not quite enough <laughs> and well, see, uh, here... go ahead sorry no, go... it's all right you go well i bought those reavers off you i still haven't done anything with them oh yeah <laughs> and I, it's not that I, I don't want to play the game it was just it was just i felt like it was another project yeah. and now that i'm done my return to istavan i think i might take a break from marines oh no i got that game with armin coming up yeah well, hurry that out, I guess. Um, I don't know. I, I got a lot done. I got I finished building the last few of the Thalaxi and got them like primed and zenithed. Mm -hmm. um, I had to go back and fix like the arm on the the Macrotech that I'm using as like a Magus Auxilia. Yeah. Um, so then I had to like reprime and change him. And then I changed the list a little bit again. So I had to add to servo automata. Um, <laughs> and actually Brady, Brady had that. So that, that was nice. Okay. Um, yeah, it allowed me to like take a second unit, uh, or sorry, a third unit of, um, Thalax. So I've got three units of, uh, three units of, um, two lightning guns with two heavy chain blades and a multi melta and then melta bombs on all three. And then I've got my four Myrmidon Destructors, my three Myrmidon um, Secutors. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the one squad of the Tech Priest Auxilia with two Tech Priests in it. Well, one one Magus Auxilia and then uh, like another Junior Magus, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like a 
tech apprentice or something. Yeah. Um, and then he's got like a little conversion beamer and he's rocking around with six servo automata with flamers. Um, and then is this uh, for your return to Instaville? Yeah. And then are you a dick? Caleb Decima. You're uh, a dick. <laughs> no, man. Like I'm super restricted in the Instaville survivor force. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I understand that. And, and I mean, realistically, that's not very many units when you think about it either. And it's a lot of slow moving units. Like I'm really easy. You take out those three units of Thalax and I'm fucking pretty much hooped. Um, mm. And Decima isn't great either. Like he doesn't, he doesn't have like a conversion beamer or anything. Okay. Um, he's just got, uh, he has like this, it's, it's a heavy, heavy 2d6 shot. It's one use only. I mm. think it's gets hot. I can't really remember. I think it is gets hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it's like, it's not very strong. This garbage AP um, and it's haywire. So it's not like super useful in Centurion. Um, like if a Contemptor bears down on him, great. Like I might get to use it. But if he moved, I'm snap shooting because mm. it's heavy and he doesn't have Relentless. He doesn't get Relentless until he goes to Decima Invictus, oh. um, which is after Istvan. So, oh, okay. yeah, and I mean, he's, like, he's weapon skill three and, like, ballistic skill four. Like, he's supposed to be a Magus Reductor, and he's shittier than the baseline Magus Reductor. Ah. <laughs> yeah, he's not good at all. So that's my Warlord. Uh, and, and <laughs> so that's he, my Warlord. <laughs> yeah, and he only has a Refractor field. Um, oh, well, I mean, hey. Yeah. I did I mean, give him a I did give him a cyber familiar so that he can like pump up to um he should, he should a four plus a, he should but, have a factor field yeah well Thorben I mean Dar it's, it's not, a three plus four plus for my warlord I'm like a three wound model like he's not he's not really effective and and I can't really take can't even really take too much advantage of the reductor rules um which allow you to like kind of buff your ballistic skill to one unit. Yeah. Because, like, what am I going to do? Give it to my Myrmidons that are already Ballistic Skill 5? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, Redundancy there. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. So, I mean, like, I'll probably have him walk around with the um, with the tech the tech priests. Just have them as, like, a little cabal with, like, servitors. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully try to, like, discourage some, some charges um and just buff the toughness up to like toughness three but i mean like the the damage output on thalix isn't great either right like lightning guns i think are only one shot maybe they're two but that, that means my entire unit has like five shots at ballistic skill four like it's not yeah super, but it's, not it's, it's, they're, they're hard to kill right they are hard to kill uh, unless like a Contemptor runs into them. Because like yeah, they have Meltabonds. There's a good chance a Contemptor is just gonna like smash those three guys to pieces. That's true. He's instant killing them. So yeah, exactly. He's just fucking smashing them out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so they won't get their feel no pain and and even they're having three wounds, and... it's gonna be kind of redundant because yeah, they're just IDing them. So he's just smashing them to pieces. So sure, um, that's how I take them out. Yeah. Uh, actually, it, I'm not going to be facing you. So. No, you won't. Um, well, you might. It depends. Um, yeah. But my list will change a little bit if um, if I'm on the trader side. But because mm. um, then I won't use the advanced survivor force, I'll have to do something a little bit different. You know, I do have my death guard and my sons of horse. You can borrow if nah. you be. I'll probably fuck, do that way. Fuck those gun pigs. Um, fuck you too. I'm all about mm-hmm. I'm all about like medics now. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, like they're not super good, 
but I, I was like, okay, beforehand, I only had two units of troops, which is my Thalax, mm. and that's the only unit I can take in the Estvan Survivor Force uh. for troops. Uh, and then the only elites options I can take are Secutors and Tech Priest Auxilias. And then the only heavy support choice I can take is Myrmidon Destructors. Um, so mm. I had the Myrmidons already. That's kind of part of the reason why I'm so heavy on them. Yeah, but yeah. You have to remember, too, like, Myrmidons are slow as fuck. Like, they have lumbering advance, so they can't run. They can only ever move six inches. Um, yes, they're relentless, but two of them two of them have conversion beamers. Um, they are toughness five, but they're three plus five plus. So it's still not, like, you know, they're, like, a, they go down easier than Terminators do. Um, mm. Even though they are toughness five, but I think they're two or three wounds a pop. I think they're two wounds, actually. Um Obviously, I'll have my rules known by the time we get there. <laughs> uh, Secutors are like notoriously underperforming. They have power axes and and they're just. I only had the one box of them, so they're equipped literally just out of the box. Like one has double grav guns and a power axe. One has double phase plasma fusils mm-hmm. and a power axe, and and those are only strength six AP three. Um, and then the other one is like a maxima bolter, which mm-hmm. like sucks. I think it's just like an assault three bolter. Um, but it's like 18 inches or something. <laughs> like, so it's not, it's not as, not as far distant. And then again, a power axe. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I hear you. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's a, it's a lot of high toughness and a lot of high wounds, but like super easy to outmaneuver me. Mm-hmm. Um, the conversion beamers are probably your biggest problem, but I only have three of them. Mm. And the other two destructors have uh, Volkite Culverns. Okay. Yeah. Uh, question for you. Yeah. Before we get into the return to Istvan, mm-hmm. uh, have you uh, listened to and or read um, Runestorm? Mm, yeah. Uh, or no. No? No, I was thinking um, Fear to Tread. Okay. I finished Runestorm on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And fuck me, that that was messed up. I don't. I don't, th- I don't know. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't uh, read or listened to it. Well, no, like, like, like. You think fear to tread the whole what, what you're seeing with chaos demons and all that, and what the chaos gods are doing is is pretty twisted and fucked. Yeah, yeah. They take it to the next level in Ruin Storm. Huh. Like it is, it's fucked. I don't it was know. A great book. Fulgrim is pretty fucked. Um, Fulgrim is a pretty fucked up book. Uh, if you've read that one, and then there's <laughs> the one not. where they like where they bring him back from being possessed. Oh yeah, yeah. Where they like they burn his feet all the way to the bone, and then... yeah, they just torture the crap out of him. Yeah, yeah. And then his yeah. like his limbs just grow back. Like yeah, I I I I know that one. Yeah, that was pretty fucked. Yeah, um, no. Uh, Fulgrim's like pretty good. Uh, it's a good look at like how the emperor's children fall and like it's pretty twisted mm. um that one was a good one i i i did like that one uh, but uh i actually did a lot more hobby progress even just than that i know that i got a little off track on the return to istvan stuff but yeah um i also like built the rest of the terrain that i needed and got it all like primed um mm-hmm. using wraithbone so that i can kind of like double the table i can kind of like triple the table mm-hmm. so i can use it for um I can use it for like Istvan three games. I can use it for general city fight. I could use it for Imperial palace. 
and mm -hmm. I could use it for uh, Prospero because they're all kind of like white. All right, so you can get away with like that palissy type look. Um, and then uh, I'm just gonna add a few things. Like I'm gonna build like a pretty big wall, like a pretty big wall section. I'm gonna need like a few boxes of bastions to do it. Um, but then I can do something like cut a part of the angle off on the table to create like the wall and then have like a trench works on the other side of that. Right, so like turn like a quarter of the table into a trench works with a big wall and then a city on the other side mm -hmm. to kind of represent like Imperial Palace, um, which would be pretty cool. Uh, more, um, yeah, se several different ways you could do that as well. You could have kind of like a little, like you could reverse it, right? You mm -hmm. could have three quarters of the table be a trench works or half the table be a trench works mm -hmm. and then just have like you actually, you could kind of shift it as the mission changes, right? So you could do like mission one, um, you could have uh, like hammer and anvil deployment or whatever. Yeah. And then on the loyalist deployment, have the wall and then have a city behind that. Mm -hmm. right and then have them defend and then you're going to need the other guys to kind of fight through the trench works and no man's land to get to you mm -hmm. and then you can kind of as as the the lines the front lines kind of change throughout the siege you could like just move that wall mm -hmm. and start removing sections of trench works and adding city fight yeah no i hear you that'd um, be awesome yeah adding more city and, and things like that so actually i think that's what i'm going to do that sounds pretty sweet um so not too much to do on them i just gotta like i'm just gonna pick out a couple of like pieces here and there um i did the the like two rattle can trick that reese tells us about later and yeah and then like pick some pick some of the uh the pieces out of it um mm -hmm. I, I haven't done that part yet but and then uh and then i'm just gonna hit the whole thing with like uh, a really really thin down oil wash um just to kind of give it some some depth and texture and then uh i also I got my hands on like 30 old wooden round dwarf shields mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from uh, Darren. So yep. I can use those for my wolves. Um, and then, uh, and I got, I got a bunch of like the old dwarf hand axes that are just like super Norse looking, like just a rune on them. Yeah. Um, they're not, not as curved and, and the, the rune work isn't as like flowing and as curved as the, like the iron breaker kit or not the mm -hmm. iron breaker kit. The, um, I don't know. They're called dispossessed now. I, I don't. I don't remember. But just like the regular dwarves with like the steel shields with knot work on them. Yeah. Steel shields with knot work. Like the knot work is mostly like pretty hard angled and looks very Norwegian. But then on the axes, it's very like curved and swirling, and it reminds me of something more like British Isles Celtic mm -hmm. kind of look. So I wasn't like super keen on using those axes anymore. So I got lucky and and I had all that stuff. Or Darren had a lot of that stuff, and I picked up some more from other guys just on the swap shop. Mm -hmm. um and then uh, i've been itching for some necromunda because i've been listening to like some i horus gangbang episodes mm -hmm. and uh i built i've almost built i got like i just gotta add one more thing to it uh built like a riot bot out of an ambot mm -hmm. so like converted him up quite a bit uh changed swapped the head out and uh built like a different kind of robot head and then used like a bulgarin piece actually what is, what is this I think I used like a Tau piece that I had just in like a bits box laying around, like a small little Tau circular piece that mm -hmm. I could kind of fit the Bulgarin mall into. And then I used that to, f and I cut the back end of like the Blood Angels box knot librarian spear. Mm -hmm. And I cut that off so that way I could kind of make like a big 
a big um like blackjack like a big uh baton big police okay. baton i think they call them shock batons for the enforcers okay, and yeah, then, yeah. yeah and then i've put like uh i put a bulger and shield on his his left arm uh so i'm calling him riot bot so i've, I've got like some grav guns i'm gonna build kind of like uh it'll only work as a grab fist in necromunda but uh, yeah, I could think I can use two grab fists, so I'm gonna twin link it anyway. But if not, at least it'll look cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm gonna kind of like mount it like a predator shoulder cannon, uh, okay. and that'll be like my less than lethal <laughs> like weapon um, for crowd crowd suppression. Just like yeah. get the riot bot out, have him activate his, his crowd control, and then just like heavy grab wave everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just have the enforcers run out and fucking arrest them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I have no idea if it'll perform well, but it'll look awesome. And I had the Ambot just kind of kicking around. I just needed to build something and get a little creative. Yeah. Even though I should have been painting Fulgrim, but I'm going to have a shit ton of time off uh, in December. So uh, okay, I'll kind of get all that stuff worked, worked away then. Um, and I think that was it. Oh, you've been productive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then I also like uh, just today, actually, I picked it up. So there's this game called Dark Age, uh, like Ryan over uh, like um, Radio Free Istvan, like mm-hmm. has talked about it. I've t- spoken to him about it a couple times. Um, and like anyone who's played it, like says it's their favorite minis game. Um, but for what, like for whatever reason, I think it just released at a bad time or didn't get enough press or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a cool mini or not game. Okay. Um, more of a skirmish game uh, uses a card system like for um, kind of like Arena Rex does. Okay, right? yeah, yeah. Like or, or Legion, I guess. Um, but its its setting is pretty cool. So it's it's on a it's on a, a human world called like Samaria, and then like it's become disconnected and fallen into kind of like this post-apocalyptic state because the human uh, star-spanning empires kind of collapsed in on itself, so it, it fits very much like it's it, like it's the age of strife, mm-hmm. or you know, like a few like a few centuries or a few millennia or whatever into the age of strife mm-hmm. um, in the 40k world. So it kind of it kind of gets like a cool blend of post-apocalyptic and somewhat sci-fi tech and like, but kind of you know grittier, not super great working tech. So a little bit grim dark, and then mm-hmm. a little bit of like grim fantasy in there as well. Um, but like I managed to get my hands on a fully sealed starter kit for 25 bucks, like a fully sealed two player starter kit Oh, nice! for 25 bucks, like tokens, everything, like just brand new. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll take that. Absolutely. Where'd you get it from? Uh, I bought it from a guy named like David Lancaster, I think. Off of the swap shop or? Yep. Yeah. Just oh, off okay. the swap shop. Nice. So I, just, I just went and picked it up today. Like. Um, while I was darting around doing errands and stuff. So nice. yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully I'll be. I, I want to get my. Um, I want to get my arena racks done like in December as well because I know Armin's been bugging me to like get that finished so that way we can kind of just have like some beer and pretzels and play mm-hmm. that. Um, but uh, yeah, it'll be a nice reset and then I'll kind of. I think I'll really get into the Space Wolves in January kind of go like new year new legion kind of stuff yeah yeah nice so that's been my hobby hobby work um well it sounds like you've been super busy yeah yeah um i mean hopefully you know tomorrow whatever i'll be able to get the red done because i don't have too much of it to do Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then once I do that, like pff, I'm off to the races, man. Like it doesn't take me long to do the medals and pretty much all of like my models are completely medals. Uh, once that red is done, especially on the thalax and stuff. And then I mm. use contrast paints on like the tubing, which works phenomenally. Uh, and then it'll just be decals and things like that. So I'll be able to get them out uh, in a hurry. And then I do bases fairly quickly as well. So I'll slam that out and I'll be ready for, for RTI. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So you wanted to talk about RTI. Yeah. So if you live in Alberta, <laughs> you're pretty aware that cases are pretty fucking out of control. Um, sorry, I'm eating a marshmallow. Um, and uh, like we're hitting some pretty record highs. I, I think we had one day where it was like, 14 yeah it's 1400 new cases in one day so without getting like too deep on the covid talk like if we don't get numbers back down to like three four hundred a day by two weeks before the event's supposed to happen then i think mm. we're gonna have to like figure something else out so obviously we can do it again um once things calm down uh we're supposed to have like a vaccine like march March time, mm -hmm. I think. Um, but I've been in contact and chatting with a company called Tabletop Conflict, uh, tabletopconflict.com. And um, they they were kind enough to let me into their alpha test. Uh, and what that does is this company kind of has a, an online campaign tracking system. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can kind of turn your battles into a war to steal off their own tagline. Yeah. And, um, you know, because we are supposed to be in cohorts and stuff. So if we can't do the game specifically as a group right away, um, mm -hmm. we can help these guys out by beta testing that. So what we can do is we can get everyone to sign in and everyone to sign up and sign into uh, this tabletop conflict. They then create a map that has a series of hexes all over it. Mm -hmm. and um, those hexes kind of represent like the front lines. So then you can kind of move and start fighting each other over those specific spaces. So you can start seeing, because it, it'll be it'll be in teams. Mm -hmm. And then as you, when you win, you, you enter your campaign points and how much you got, and that, that'll let you know like who won, and that'll kind of advance them in the hex, right? So as I understand it, like if you and I are facing off um, your, your, your flag mm. will move back a hex and my mm. flag will move forward a hex and take over the hex that you had. Uh, and then of course, just changing the front line. Um, so I think that that'll be really cool. I tried to pick, um, you know, uh, a map square that looks, looks at least somewhat like it had a city in it. Um, because again, it's an alpha test, so they don't have everything ready for us. But yeah. it's a cool way to be able to do it. Because then, you know, if we can't, if we can't all show up on the same day and do it. But maybe four people are comfortable and can play at the place. Because again, it's just thirteen dollars a day. Um, that's why I'm not collecting money. It's not like, uh, you know, I'm not going to be out anything. Mm -hmm. if we have to do it that way. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, they, we just say four, six guys, whatever, show up. Um, maybe I'm in there, maybe I'm not. It depends kind of on how things are going or, or you know, what's what. Mm. Um, and then we show up, we do N95 masks, just the disposable ones. Uh, I'll have some for anyone who wants them because um, I, I have enough of those. Yeah. Uh, I know that they're they're kind of harder to breathe through and they're kind of a pain, but that's also, it's a trade-off, right? It becomes safer. Yeah. Like your, your stuff won't get out and you won't get anything in. 
um, and mm-hmm. then you know advise eyewear, but most of the guys I think wear glasses anyway. So I'll, I'll just put my range my range glasses on, and because um, those wrap around my eye, yeah, kind of prevent that. And then you know we can we can go from there. But if you can't if you can't show up, then you're still registered into this, and you can play those you can play through those three missions kind of at your own pace. I set I set it to kind of finish at the end of December. Yeah. Um so you can set it through at your own pace. You can play through the three missions with say your buddy, right? So like let's say Justin and Aaron are in the same cohort mm-hmm. and uh you know cases are still too high we have to cancel or you know they they can't come mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Maybe one of them uh you know one of their kids has the sniffles or something, so they have to they have to isolate until they get their test back, and that just happens to fall on the day. Right? Yeah. Um, they can play through it at their own speed and just play against each other for all three, right? Or mm. if they've got a third guy in the cohort, they can kind of trade off, and then they can actually see how those territories change hands and move. Yeah. Um, and so it's you know it's it's not ideal, but I think it, I think it's a positive way to spin this and change it to the fact that we can actually be a little more inclusive. And then if, if anyone, if anyone wants to participate, even if they're not in Edmonton or if, even if they're not in Alberta, uh, you know, send me a message um, either or, or an email death and betrayal at gmail.com or send me a message on, on Instagram mm-hmm. at the DAV podcast and let me know. Cause I, I planned it out so that way we can actually have an additional 10 spots. <clears throat> so if you're listening to this and, and you you want to try this out and you want to help these guys out with the alpha test and and you want to play our mission set and our mission pack mm-hmm. uh you know let me know i can send it to you and you and then you know we can chat it out you and your buddy can send me your your email addresses we can slap it together get you guys registered and in and then you guys can play your three games and, and contribute mm-hmm. um so with that, I think I set the campaign point max to like 300. So if we get to 300 points, like we win, mm-hmm. um, you know, or, or a team wins, I should say. Uh, but we can get you registered and get you put on those teams. Just a little bit of extra work and a little bit of manual on on my side and on on tabletop conflict side. But mm-hmm. they're totally willing to do that and willing to play. Um, to supplement that, the other thing I'm trying to do is I'm working with another guy here in town, Nathaniel, and we're trying to figure out if there's a way to get um, heresy on tabletop simulator. Okay. Um, so I, I, have you used tabletop simulator before? I have not. No. Okay. I haven't either. Um, I, the infinity guys have used it quite a bit. I think I've Horus has used it for uh, Necromunda and it's, it's designed also with VR in mind. So if you're a VR guy, you can use your VR goggles to play it, mm-hmm. but it basically just, it, if you've ever played or seen like surgeon simulator or whatever it's kind of like that but instead of like the surgeon body on the table or the surgery mm. body on surgery patient on the table yeah it'll it'll render up like a preloaded map so you can download that out of the steam workshop or and you know and then you you guys can play you guys can build your lists and play in tabletop simulator mm. so um that'll be hopefully that'll be an option as well if we can figure that out and then say if like if we're in full lockdown like say the government imposes a full lockdown nobody's allowed to go anywhere then you know we're not doing anything on a Saturday anyway at that point. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Everybody jumps in. We all jump into the Discord, and you know we can all just play across each other. Not ideal, but a cool way to kind of kind of adapt it. And obviously, mm-hmm. if that's not something you wanted to do, um, you wouldn't have to. But uh, again, just some cool options. Um, just rather than just you know being all doom and gloom, uh, I think it's it's a positive way to kind of shift it. Yeah, I hear you for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it does suck. You know, things are not 
going the way we had hoped. Um, and I know we've already pushed it back once, but, you know, we have to do what's right. And uh, Yeah, and I, I don't think pushing it back was the wrong thing to do even at that time, to be honest. Um uh, I, I think I think it was still the right the right move, mm. um, because it, it, to to be honest, we actually we, we ended up with more people registered because we were being safe. Mm. Uh, and I don't want to I don't want to lose that reputation. I guess. Mm. Um, I hear you. Yeah, so that's kind of kind of where it's at. Um, a couple of options, obviously not ideal, but uh, I think it's a nice way to to adjust it and to adapt rather than mm. just bitching and moaning and complaining online. We can actually we can find some solutions. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So um, on that tabletop simulator note, uh, we can also. Oh no! <laughs> I usually play with a squash ball while we're playing, but I also added like some blue tack, mm. stuck them together. And now I think the ball is fucked. Um, <laughs> but uh, tabletop simulator, because I know we were talking a little bit about like getting the those board, like the um, Betrayal at Calth and the uh, Burning of Prospero mm-hmm. uh, um, games in. Uh, I have no interest in doing an Ultramarines army or Word Bearers. And uh, I, don't, same I don't think you, either, you do either. So I think we should download tabletop simulator and then download those board games and we'll give them a go. Um, I'm up for it. Yeah, we can like live stream that through Discord or something. Um, people can jump in, and uh, maybe maybe what we'll do is we can live stream it, and then you and I can be in separate Discord channels and have people advising us on what to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, something fun, something different. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Yeah, and then I'm gonna see if I can get Necromunda on there as well because I'm really I'm really jonesing for Necromunda, man. I love it. Um, it's a ton of fun. I want to see if I can build Riot Bot <laughs> inside the game. Um, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, I've got a, I've got a like a partner because the Ambots come in boxes of two. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do like Breaching Bot for like my Subjugator team. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll probably run uh, run Riot Bot with the Subjugator team, and then I'll do like Breaching Bot for the regular, the regular Enforcers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll give them like the Melta Fists and just do him somewhat the same way but i'm gonna see if i can like get a way to make his arms basically just a big chassis for holding like a hydraulic battering ram mm. <laughs> like, <bunk. laughs> like just on a <laughs> um actually you know what I, I got like some leftover uh landing uh landing gear that'd yeah. be perfect throw that on there just a big like landing gear foot kick just popping open doors. Mm, yeah, Cease and yeah. desist. Cease and desist. Stand down. Get on the ground. Um, get on the ground, you fucking scabby scum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, those are kind of my my ideas around RTI, um, just based on kind of what might happen here. Uh, so, But it gives us some options. Mm, yeah, for sure. Uh, I know I'd be down to do tabletop simulator with it. I'd probably end up getting a lot more games in if I can get that figured out. Um, that would be a lot of fun just to even just to get through playing some of these games. Get, yeah. get some games in just to even test things out, test ideas out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if, if, if anyone currently does play 30K on tabletop simulator, please, please send me a message or an email because mm-hmm. I, I need help. <laughs> getting it figured out yeah 
Um, right on. Cool. So. So. Uh, we should probably take a break after the listener list, I guess, eh? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> right on. So. This listener list was pretty cool. Again, it's from Jake at the original applesauce on Instagram. Go check him out. His stuff is beautiful. Mm. Uh, looks like he, what's he been working on lately? Uh, he's doing some non-metallic metal practice. I'm not really sure what that mini is. Oh, it's a kingdom death, kingdom death mini. It's just one of the armored ones. Mm. Um, he's got a really good, really nicely done, um, original survivor from kingdom death like just chiseled out dude uh oh and he's got a little bit of crisis core going too that's pretty cool um who's that who is this not Fi? nancy steel punch hmm. um oh i think this is just a general mini that he's using but it looks like it's supposed to be a league of legends character uh yeah, anyways, his stuff is great. Go check it mm. out. Uh, but what he was... Oh, he's the... For those that don't remember, he's the one who has the um, Luna Wolf's project that's kind of like that soft white purple. Yeah. Yeah. Um, super cool project. Super, super cool. Um, but anyways, uh, so he wanted something a little bit different. I think the last one that we... Yeah, we, we wrote out like his Luna Wolf's one. I think he was looking for help with the um, Nova Open. I think that was him. Yes. It was? Yes, okay. it was. Okay, awesome. Uh, so we wanted something a little bit different, uh, a little less to perform in like a doubles event, a little more of just uh, for his Blood Angels. Mm -hmm. um, where did I put it? Uh, oh, it's this one. So uh, I did a 2,500-point list because I couldn't find what the points was specifically that he was looking for. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, he wanted to do a Day of Sorrows. So that's the other Legion-specific right of war. Um, not super popular. People tend to see it as, as really uh, quite inferior to Day of Revelation. Revelations, yeah. Um, and so just to kind of re recap Day of Sorrows, uh, resolute, the effects are Resolute Defense. Any unit with the Legion of Stardust Blood Angels special rule, which is part of a detachment which uses this right of war, cannot be pinned. And in addition, is stubborn when within three inches of any objective in their own deployment zone. So pretty good. Um, it, to me, that line itself kind of makes me feel like this is something for um, Solar War. Yeah, uh, or for the the siege of Terra, I should say, right? Because not not too often that Blood Angels aren't kind of on the move and and being quick. Uh, and then Aura of Wrath is the second effect. Any unit which suffers a morale check as a result of losing an assault, in which the majority of the enemy models have the Legion Astartes Blood Angels special rule, suffers an additional minus one penalty to their leadership value when taking the test. Units which are immune to fear are immune to this ability. So if if you're a Blood Angels, if you're if you're playing against this list and um, you lose a combat to one of these um, units that have Legiones Astartes, uh, so I don't believe Dreadnoughts do, for example. No. Uh, then uh, you will suffer a minus one penalty to your leadership check so that could hurt that could get you swept pretty easy mm. um or easier i should say uh, my blood by blood sworn when any unit with the legion of Stardust blood angel special rule which is part of the detachment which uses this right of war is reduced to 50 percent 
or less of its starting models. The remaining models gain the feel no pain five plus special rule from the beginning of their next turn. This lasts for the remainder of the game. So if you take 50% casualties, you now gain a feel no pain five plus. Um, so you're just you're not going to yield. It's very much the same. Uh, it kind of turns your whole army into like an army of crimson paladins. Hmm. Um, so uh, in addition to that, uh, we've got um, we've got the bloody handed. So characters which are part of this detachment must issue and accept challenges in combat where applicable. The Blood Angels player, however, may choose which of their characters does this if they have more than one in combat. So that's fine. Um, you're probably going to be issuing or getting issued challenges anyway, so now you just do the issuing um, yeah. every time. And then uh, the kind of negative note to this is to the bitter dregs. Any unit with the Legion of Stardis Blood Angels special rule, which is part of the detachment which uses this right of war that has been reduced to 50% or less of its starting number of models, counts as being destroyed at the end of the game for the purposes of victory points where these are used. It also no longer counts as a scoring unit. Note that characters attached to these units are unaffected. So if you've got, say, a unit of 20 assault marines and you go down to 10 assault marines and you still have your Praetor with them, uh, that unit would still gain the Foil No Pain 5 Plus special rule and count as destroyed at the end of the game and lose um, the ability to score. But your character does not count as being destroyed. Does hmm. that make sense? Okay. Yep, makes sense, yep. Yep. So just like just like normal, um, you know, if if in order to score, like you know, if you've got if you've got a Praetor with a, a unit of uh, assault marines and you sweep and kill the entire unit, Praetor included, then you've technically killed two units. Yeah. Uh, but you can't reduce a Praetor to half a unit, so he doesn't really get affected by those rules. Um, and vice versa, he won't get affected by the um, the feel no pain rule either. Mm -hmm. So you, you yeah. won't get those. <clears throat> you won't get those for him. So uh, it's a little bit tough, right? Because you want to you want to be able to make sure that you can take advantage of those rules. So you want to make sure that you know you can take advantage of the stubborn. You're, so you're going to want somewhat of a gun line at least, mm -hmm. uh, and then you're going to want to make sure as well that um, if you are out and about, or if you do go down to fifty percent, uh, you can make the most of that. That feel no pain. Um, so I went with this. A little bit differently, um, since you really don't want those scoring units dropping down to below 50%, um, my compulsory troop choices, I took Breachers. Because mm. uh, there's, there's a cool art piece. I'll see if I can find it and link it in the show notes uh, that I've always loved and I've always wanted to do Blood Angels Breachers. And I was like, this is the list to do that because you don't really want them to fall down below 50%, but if you have to and you have to sacrifice them, you want to make them even more durable, mm -hmm. right? So the breachers in close combat get a five plus invulnerable save. So now they would be getting a five plus invulnerable save if they're below 50% and getting a five plus feel no pain, right? So that, that is going to be a really, really hard unit to move. Yeah. Uh, and I, so I took two of them uh, I gave Artificer Armor and a Power Weapon and a Bolter to the Breacher Siege Sar Breacher Sergeant. Um, and uh, I didn't give them Meltabonds because I didn't have the points for it. Um, but if you're bumping it up to like 3,000 points, you probably could. Mm -hmm. uh, 
<clears throat> and then uh, the power weapon, I didn't specify. I, I would probably, I would do power sword based on that art piece that I saw. Uh, but I, I get it if you want to go with the power axe, because the power axe is really good in the hands of blood angels. Right? Um, you're wounding on twos. Mm. Uh, against other marines, I should say. You're wounding on threes against like custodians and some demons and some mechanicum. Um, and then I put them inside of a land raider phobus. Uh, okay. So armored ceramite and nothing else on it. So it comes naturally with the heavy bolter and the two twin linked las cannon sponsons. Uh, so two units of those, right? Okay. So uh, they score if they're inside the dedicated transport, and you can kind of hold them back a little bit and then race them forward later in the game if you need to, right? Um, to kind of fill and, and go with that of like, okay, we have to go out and grab something quickly. Uh, I took a little bit of inspiration from uh, The Lost and the Damned. Okay. Um, and not really a spoiler alert, but just in case you don't want to hear anything about the book, jump forward like five seconds. Uh, there's a scene where, um, you know, the men on the line are trying to hold it. And uh, that's, that's the exact picture that I was thinking of. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah. Make sure that, uh, make sure that you send me the link to that. Um, but that, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, Mark three armor, breacher shield and a power sword. Uh, and that, that, duelist stance um mm -hmm. i've been in love with that image for a long time and uh anyways uh so in 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 that scene in um in uh the lost and the damned the blood angels kind of go out to bolster the line a little bit and mix in with the standard like meat bags and then um jagada khan like and his jet bikes kind of race out for like a quick a quick flanking maneuver um so i took i took a little bit of inspiration from that and i added the new unit the jet bike sky seeker squadron mm -hmm. um so uh heavy rotor cannons which will bump them up to 40 points because you're going to take seven of these plus a sergeant mm -hmm. um and then no melt bombs nothing else on there but the heavy rotor cannons i was i was trying to get this up to a unit of 10 because a unit of 10 are going to pump out 40 shots because you get relentless and a two plus save and plus one toughness with a jet bike yeah um and so i was like that's that's a hard unit to move and it's got legion of stardies so it, now if you reduce it down to four jet bikes like that's a two plus save with a five on a toughness five model with a five plus feel no pain. Like if you have to, you can really shoot them in quickly and have them tie something up. Yeah. Right. Um, and so that, that's why I want them. Uh, cause they're also a new unit and I think they're pretty awesome. And then, uh, it, again, if you're kind of leaving them somewhat in the back a little bit, you can protect the back line a little cause you'll have the augury scanner that comes with their, their equipment. Um, so then they can just shift and heavy rotor cannon something down. Like just think about like, I, I mean, fury of the legion from 10 Marines, 10 tactical mm. Marines will like kill a lot. Yeah. And you're basically getting that on every turn. Just about, because with this one, it's eight. So, you know, four times eight is, um, I'm blanking, like, 32. Four times 32. Four yeah, it's 32. Yeah. Um, so you're still, like, that's still 32 bolter shots every turn until you start taking some of those chet bikes out. Mm. Right. So 32 shots is pretty serious. That's more than, you know, that's that's more than your average size tactical squad's going to do within rapid fire range. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it, like it's gonna hit, it's gonna have some punch. Um, 
realistically, like even if you had to shoot that at like an Arvis later, we're into the ass end of a lightning, which is only armor 10. We're into the ass end of a rhino. Mm-hmm. Like you're probably going to glance it to death. Um, just on that volume of shots. Yeah. Right. So it's got some versatility to it, which is good. Um, and then, I mean, for heavier armor, you've already got two of those, two of those land raider phobus. So, I mean, that's four twin link glass cannon shots, um, right there. Yeah. Uh, so then, um, for the HQ, cause we didn't ta- chat about him. I went with Raldoron cause he's, he's really good. And, and I'm basing this list off the siege of Terra and he's there. Yeah. So, uh, I, I used him and I basically used the exact same way that I run. I'm running him in mine, uh, that I'm working on, which is Raldoron and you put him with, um, four crimson paladins. So three crimson paladins and the sergeant, yeah. the crimson exemplar, you pack them in a land raider Phobos and you give them all sunset blades, even the exemplar. Cause I couldn't fit the money for, um, or not the money, I couldn't fit the points yeah. for a Blade of Perdition. But as I thought about it more, because um, I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll give them a power axe or something, or maybe I'll give them all power axes. You yeah. still could, but your compulsory troop choices are um, breachers. There are some paladins that are mentioned in Saturnine that I'm I'm reading right now. And so they kind of fit, because now you've got regular your regular troops or shielded troops, and your elite choice are shielded terminators. Right. And okay. so if you give them sunset blades, like now they're kind of a terminator variant to that picture and the sunset blade. Um, uh, I think, I know it's AP three and rending, but I think it's also plus one initiative. Uh, but I can't remember specifically what it was on. So the sunset blade, no, it's Malie rending and sunder. All right, whatever. Uh, anyways, it's, uh, AP three. No. So pretty good. Like it's a power sword basically. Um, yeah. but it's a power sword with rending. So, uh, you know, even if you end up against those other terminators, you're going to have Raldron chew through a bunch of them. Cause you can have the crimson exemplar issue that challenge. And then you can have Raldron just run a train through. Cause he's got a good chunk of attacks and his blade is nasty. Um, and run that through a few guys, and then you can have your other guys hitting at initiative. So again, if like, you're fishing for wrens, but um, they're going to be tough to kill because you're already going to be you're already more than likely going to be outnumbered, yeah. and those shields are going to reduce the strength of incoming attacks. So even power fists, you're going to get your feel no pain on. Right. So uh, they're not really going to benefit from the feel no pain too much of like being reduced. I don't think um, they might because you might get down to uh, being that out. You, you'll probably get down to 50 percent before you get outnumbered enough, um, especially if you're hitting with Raldoran and yeah. the Sunset Blades. Um, but then they're they're in a Land Raider Phobos that's kitted out exactly the same as the other one so armored ceramite and two times last cannons Mm -hmm. so um if you're up against some serious vehicles you're at six twin link blast cannons which will which should help uh now what's really going to help because again you have to consider the having more legions but or more units with the legion of stardes units than uh vehicles yeah so i didn't really put any other vehicles in there um but I I put two heavy support squads. So my thought with this is to kind of have them sit in the back line near the objectives and have them kind of take advantage of that three-inch stubborn and, 
the the rules for kind of camping in the back line and, and holding the line. And so I've got one 10 man team uh, with hardened armor and last cannons. Okay. And then the sergeant has an augury scanner and artificer armor. Okay. It's a pretty nasty. It's going to hit mm-hmm. like a train, but I mean, you're going to need it. It's also going to draw a lot of fire, but then again, you have all those land raiders too. So yep, exactly right. So this is this is the same sort of thing that I tend to do with my ravens and with most of the armies I build. Is I try to force you to make these choices, right? So instead of being like, "Here's this unit," I take it because I know it has super good output. I'm taking multiple units that have maybe a little bit less output, but it's going to force you to make those choices, right? So yeah. do you tr- do you try to prevent me from scoring and try to reduce those three units and focus a lot of firepower on those two land raiders with breachers in it and the jet bike squadron and stop me from scoring? Because those are the only scoring units that this army has, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of its Achilles heel. But uh, Or you know, do you worry about Ralderon and his buddies like rocking around in a land raider? Yeah, exactly. uh, or do you worry about this last cannon team? And now this last cannon team is going to be so much harder to kill because it's going to be stubborn <laughs> if if you try to close combat it and it's within three inches of an objective in its deployment zone. Um, you're not going to be able to get that in every mission, obviously. But if you can, that's a real hard, real hard nail to crack. You'll be able to tie them up, but you, mm. you won't get to sweep them. Right. Um, and they, they are going to hit you. They are going to wound you back on three pluses. So something to think about. Uh, but they're going to have last cannons and they're going to be a big threat. So, again, my big thought was like, OK, if I was going to do this, I know that I'm more than likely going to face a Pori a good chunk of time mm-hmm. um, or some other like thing that is going to just ruin my day for these guys um, or ruin my day for power armor. Like I played against uh, Solar Auxilia that had that tank and gave it like preferred enemy infantry and like an apocalyptic blast that's like AP2. And I was just like, all right, I guess I guess these guys will just fuck themselves. So mm-hmm. now you've got something that can contend with that, right? Because uh, I don't have a Lord of War in here. And then the other unit is not very big, um, but it's there kind of just to help out a little bit uh, and to kind of help help deal with things like salt marines um outflanking uh like outflanking vets um drop pod armies things like that and um this is a unit of five um heavy support squad with the assault cannons okay yeah the assault cannon so it's only five of them um artificer armor augury scanner uh, and hardened armor as well, right? So the mm-hmm. hardened armor you're going to want because you're probably going to be in, you're probably going to be in cover anyway, and then that allows you to re-roll saves against blast templates, right? So again, it's about trying to make these guys hard to kill, but there's not a lot of units. So we're at 2,500 points, and we're at five, six, seven units total, mm-hmm. right? So. But it fits the theme, right? Like they're depleted and they're trying to hold the line. And yeah. there, there are some creative ways to beat this list as well. But this list, I think, is going to it's gonna hit pretty hard, um, but it's going to fit fit in the theme as well. If you oh, want to kind of mix it up, you could obviously replace those breacher teams with just regular attack marines and rhinos. Uh, yeah, but I, I think that the breachers... Uh, one, you don't see enough breachers out on the table. Um, yeah, outside of like say Stone Gauntlet. Yeah, um, you you it, it fits the theme of hold, holding the line of 
at you know the wall the walls on Terra at the uh, Imperial Palace. Yep. Uh, I just I think I think it has that theme of you know definitely hold the line, which is very counterintuitive to the way the Blood Angels normally play. But yeah. I feel like this is a a one of those situations where it would still be a hard hitting. It's sure it's a low uh, uh, model count, but at the same time your opponent's going to have a lot of hard choices to uh have to choose to what what it's going what they're going to shoot at or try and take out first like you said do you take Raleron and his land raider out first do you take that last cannon team out first you got those bikes that are going to be harassing you you know there's so much going on that you really have to uh you like your opponents your opponents really gonna have to to be on their game and be you know picking the right targets all the time or else they're gonna get uh, overrun like yeah yeah, there's so many last cannons in that list like yeah i mean there's a ton of Um, last cannons i almost think that like a last cannon team should maybe be gets hot but at the same time that's like a 500 point unit so I mean, it's one fifth of the entire army's cost. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know that I'd go so far as to say like, oh, that's super OP, um, because it is a lot of it, and you can outmaneuver it, and you can do things to affect it or negate it or, or anything mm-hmm. else, right? Like get somebody in close combat with it, and great. Now that unit is more or less useless. Um, no, I hear you. You know what I mean? So like that, if I if I had somebody that I could get in close combat with it, that's what I would be trying to do. Is I'd try to get them into close combat with the last cannon team. Mm. I wouldn't worry too much about the rotor cannon team, but they're there. And uh, I thought about maybe taking like a Volkite caliber team, uh, like a support team instead, because yeah. then then they can be scoring on the back line. Um, so you could you could twit you could tweak it take that out and put like another scoring unit in, mm-hmm. um, or if you're going up to three thousand points, like, um, what else could you kind of put in there? You could throw like a storm eagle with some terminators in there, um, yeah. or you know you could take sanguinius because you can still take sanguinius in this list. So if you're going to three thousand points, you maybe maybe take out one of those heavy support teams and throw sanguinius and like some. Um, Dawnbreakers in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. something like that. Uh, you could tweak it that way and change it a little bit, and then give yourself a little bit of a little bit of flavor. Especially if you've already got Sanguinius, maybe you don't have all these pieces. You can kind of move it, shift it a little bit like that, and I think you'll still get more or less the effect that you want out of it. You just might have to shift things a little bit, tweak things here and there. Yeah, um, you know, maybe sub the breachers out for regular tacticals and rhinos or something, depending on what models you've got. But if you if you're kind of starting from scratch, like I think this is a list I might try to build towards as well. Um, mm. Uh, some variation on this list anyway. I don't know that I'll invest in that many heavy support teams, but I do have a bunch of Mark III Marines just kicking around mm-hmm. that I've done absolutely nothing with. So might throw some Laz cannons and rotor cannons on them. There you go. Yeah. And then buy 20 breachers, two more land raiders. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like breachers. Um... I love them. Like, they look cool. They do. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure that there's a few breacher teams kicking around Terra for the Blood Angels. Oh, um, I'm yes. sure they've. I'm sure they've been. Even if they're not actual breachers, they've probably just been handed shields. 
And like, here you go. <laughs> You're going to need this. You're outnumbered 600,000 to one. Yeah, have fun. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. You've got we, this. We believe in you. Here's a boulder <laughs> in four clips. Use it sparingly. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I think... I think it's actually a fun list to play and it's, I, I really like it. Um, I think if I didn't already have the stuff for the armored breakthrough list, I think this is what I'd be doing with it instead. Um, I could always, I could also replace like one or two teams, I guess. Mm. I mean, I can use, I can use like, I could easily just build a couple more Marines and then replace the heavy weapons in my veteran tax squads with regular ones. And they're in rhinos anyway. So I could change them to that and then, um, move the predators down to the heavy support, uh, add that jet bike team. Once those models come out, like I, I could even shift this a little bit just using the models I've got, I think, and make a cool, a cool army. I'm going to, I'm going to play with that later tonight, actually, I think. Mm-hmm. that that seems pretty cool um, well, let me know how that goes yeah yeah for sure because it's one of those it's one of those rights that nobody takes um because it's just like oh like i'm gonna want to get those 50 percent, right but yeah not necessarily and i mean if you're playing if you're playing in a game where like you just need to deny a guy's objectives mm-hmm. like you're still that's still a viable army if anything you're now like denying people even better yeah. Um, and even harder because you're not going to like freak out and run away. Uh, you're going to be tough as nails to kill once you're down that low. Um, and, and they're still going to, if you win combat, they're still taking those tests at minus one. Right. So that's, that's an additional minus one on top of like, so it's minus one leadership. If you're, if your sergeant is gone, your Marines are now leadership seven minus whatever casualties you took. Mm-hmm. Like if you took three, if you lost by three, Right. And and you lost by three and you're you're fighting a majority Blood Angels unit, like Legion of Stardis unit. Mm-hmm. You now need a four on two dice to not run away. Yeah. <laughs> like um that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be it's a tall order, right? Whereas normally it would be like, Oh, I need a six, which is exactly half. Still isn't great, but Yep. I hear you. I hear. It. I don't know. It's, it could be interesting. I'd like to see how this pan, pans out for sure. Yeah, yeah. If you build it, Jake, let us know. Um, I'm definitely gonna play with it a little bit too. Uh, good job. You've gotten me off of this obsession with armored breakthrough that I've been on. <laughs> and, and you didn't ask me for an armored breakthrough list, which is nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm getting a lot, getting a lot of requests for those. Uh, yeah, people apparently like armor keep, breakthrough. Yeah, keep keep bringing them though. Like keep keep swinging it, slinging them my way. I'm happy to help. Yeah. Um, and I like tanks, so I like the rhino. I like the predator. I like the mm. land raider. I like anything that reminds me of that rogue trader era. Yeah. 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 Right on. Uh, so I, I don't know any other suggestions, anything else that you would maybe change or, or tweak? Well, I mean, the assault cannons are more effective than I think a lot of people give them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, when I, when I did my blood angels, um, I found them to be my workhorse mm-hmm. and I would almost consider doing, um, attack bikes with assault cannons on them yeah i did think about that Um, because that would be able to support that rotary cannon seeker squad yeah so take out that heavy support team 
mm-hmm. and replace put, it with put them gen- in the fast with, attack. Yeah, that would that would be my thought process because then you're one you you don't have to worry about that shorter range of the twenty four inches because I mean you're a fast bike. Yep. Um, you're. I don't know. I, I can you put I, them I, on the jet bike? I think so, right? Because kid, it's you can replace any heavy flamer with one, right? Uh yes, and no, the the jet bikes don't come with flamers. But can you buy a heavy flamer for the jet bike? No. What about for the heavy jet bike? No. Plasma, Melta, heavy bolter. Hmm. Yeah, right. Uh, now, if you're if anyway. it was if it was salamanders, you could replace your heavy bolter with a heavy flamer, and then mm-hmm. you could have heavy flaming jet bikes, which yeah, I've thought about true. doing. Yeah, of course you have. Um, <laughs> of course you have. Uh, yeah, you're right. And then multi-multis, plasma cauldrons, and plasma cannons. And the sky slayers. Yeah. Right? yeah. Okay, yep. Yeah. yeah, so I guess you can't. Yeah. Um, I, mean, give, I mean, give you some mobile ones for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what that would cost you. Because, I mean, this squad's only 200 points. Uh, well, I think it's... Three of I mean, them's a hot... Like, if you wanted to tone this down too, you could invert those, right? You could take, could take a ten-man team with the rotor cannons and a five-man team with the las cannons. I mean, you could also, you could also probably like drop the las cannon down to five. I just my my thought process behind that is, if you're a five-man team, you only have to lose two or three mm-hmm. to to drop that down to the five plus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, whatever, like the heavy support squad isn't scoring anyway. Well, well, think of this, the jet bike, ha- or the attack bike has two wounds, mm-hmm. comes in squads of three. I think it's 150 points, maybe, a, maybe 185 points for three of them. The attack bike. That's the, that's the one with the like thing on the side, right? Like, yeah. The, the sidecar. Side yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you have your heavy bolters. You'd be able to fire your heavy, your night heavy bolters, your, your twin link bolters, plus your assault cannon. Plus, you'd have the ability to get into side armor, rear armor, um, and that's where the uh, the assault cannon can really shine. Like when when you're when you're uh, rending on tanks, that's yeah. where it can really shine. Yeah, that's true. Um... You call is, is it? Oh, go ahead. Is there an upgrade cost to changing the heavy flamer to the assault cannon? You mean the heavy bolt to the? I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay, just because um, it's not it's not populating in the app. I'm sure that I'm sure that you can. Plus, uh, okay, well, the attack bike is uh, fifty points, so I added fifteen points. Forty to make points. It, Oh, it's forty points. So... Yeah. So un- if if there's ten, if you have to add ten points for the rotor cannon, yeah, you're at fifty. Then points. you'd be at fifty points a piece. So you'd have three of them for one hundred fifty-four of them for two hundred points. Yes, it's one less assault cannon, but the maneuverability uh, you're going to have, yeah, plus the extra wound, yep. plus the toughness. Yep. Yeah. A lot, no, of, a lot of bonuses. That's a good point. Um. Yeah, it's a much harder unit to remove, mm-hmm. and you're right; it does give you a little bit more flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. Be nice if they're scoring, but then then you can kind of position them because they have outflank, I think. 
I don't know off the top of my um, head. I, I, no, I'm checking right now. But oh, okay. if they did, then you know you can hold them in reserve and have them swing around the side. Mm. Uh, they have Jink. Yeah, I guess not. I guess they don't have outflank. Um, but you can move them. I mean, they're gonna be they're gonna be quick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good suggestion. Yeah, that's what that's what I would that's what I would do. Uh, that's about the only change I'd really make because, uh, yeah, that's about the only one. I like the land raiders. I like the breachers. Uh, I like the secret jet bikes. Um, yeah. Well, they're I also like... going to be like three attacks base. Oh yeah. Charge. Yeah. They they're two attacks base plus they have a bolt pistol chainsword. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's probably as long as you can do that. I don't have book. Not or you don't have book eight handy. Um, I don't own gates, so. Oh. Sorry. Um. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. Uh. Okay. Well, uh, I'll I mean, just... Yeah. Uh, you know what? Just give me a second. I can reach it from here. It's not that it wasn't handy. I just didn't want to get it. <laughs> Um, but I've got it. I've got it now. Okay. Um, all right. Bear with us, everybody. Uh, all right. So, any Blood Angels model equipped with a heavy flamer may exchange it for an Iliastis pattern assault cannon for five points for infantry models and 15 points for vehicles. This upgrade always uses the profile below, um, regardless as to whether it's replacing uh, twin links or coaxial weapons. Oh, Predator tanks may also exchange their Predator cannon with a twin-linked Iliastis pattern assault cannon for five points. Mm. That's neat. So you can actually make the ball pattern. You wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to use the ball pattern in... Uh, armored breakthrough though no uh no because it says that you have to have them equipped with predator, predator cannon um so i wouldn't think that you could do that but okay so the attack bike squadron so let's view that is that an infantry type uh well it's a it's a bike type bike type um but it's not a vehicle so yeah no i know um you flamer I mean maybe you can't do it just because it doesn't have the infantry and it doesn't have the vehicle like maybe that's the case um man this is a this is a tough solve mm. um right on this is that's the rule book I need the Legione's Astartes book. Stepping on Milliput. Uh, that's the Legions. That's the Army List. Um, if they can do it, I definitely think that's the right thing to do. I think that's mm -hmm. I think that's better. Um, and it ties in with the bikes, with the jet bikes. Mm -hmm. Um, fast attack. Attack bike squadron. No, it's unit type bikes. Mm. 
So I don't think you can actually change it. But what? the Outrider, the unit type is Outrider. So I guess technically that means you shouldn't be able to change the Outriders either to hmm. Iliastus Cannon. So that might be something everyone's kind of doing wrong, I guess, unless it's in the facts somewhere. Um, yeah, I'll have to take... Well, I'll dive in. I'm going to dive into this. Yeah, I'm loading up the Outrider squad right now to see if that allows me to change it. Outriders. Twin-linked. Because it's heavy flamers, right? Mm. <clears throat> yeah, so, I mean, they can't take them. Well, why would why would an outrider be able to take an assault cannon? Oh, I, I thought they could take heavy flamers. I just I don't know. I thought I've seen people using outriders with um, assault cannons on them, but I may have just imagined it. But well, yeah, they, they could they, they could have been doing the assault can the uh, um, hussar fight. Yeah, yeah, I could have been looking at the hussars actually. You're right. Hussar, um, yeah. But yeah, I don't think you can actually do that on the attack bikes, which is fucking criminal yeah um because they can take a heavy flamer but they're not an infantry unit the the unit type is a bike type that is unfortunate yeah that sucks um that sucks that ruins that sorry uh, the attack bikes would be really good in salamanders though mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um that would Unless be nasty. They the same the same stupid uh rule where it's only infantry models i would make me sad yeah yeah i'm not sad. gonna look that up but um <laughs> what's the uh oh they're not here they must be an elite's choice um the uh the destroyers the angels tears yeah right here they're 130 points <clears throat> i don't know though i don't i don't want to like shove a jump unit in here though mm -hmm. like um, but if you were including like the other guy and then, oh fuck, it's 15 points a model for this. That's insane. Um, that's nuts. That's an expensive, expensive mm. unit. Um, yeah, hundred, 205 points for a unit of five. It's actually, I mean, cause they have jump packs already. So actually fucking that's a better unit. That is a better unit point for point than the heavy support team, but the mm. heavy support team does have an augury scanner on it. Um, yeah, but that's only going to affect. It's going to protect your back line. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's that's kind of the idea between putting like the augury scanner on both of those. Like, let's say you're up against a world eaters player who's like, oh, here's my Charybdis full of fucking murderers, and you mm. just be like, okay, well, um, first here's my ten las cannons, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and second here's five assault cannons yeah and then here's a bunch of um well i guess at that point now you're just waiting until the next turn yeah, but exactly. you're you're gonna blow that fucking charybdis up probably get mm -hmm. a couple guys that are inside the explosion mm -hmm. and then you know you're fishing for wrens because the guy unless you know it's fucking inductee in there if it's full of inductee and angron like <laughs> get wrecked that that um Cannon's gonna mess up some guys for sure. Yeah. Uh, especially with the Renzo. All right. Um, and then that's that's still still pretty nasty. because uh, they're also um they're not moving right, so it's gonna be heavy four. 
like and they're going to be hitting on like full ballistic skills so mm. don't land within 18 inches of them nope, nope. <laughs> uh, or or of that last cannon right yeah. um but if you set them in a way that he can't land anywhere without being in range of both of them like get wrecked no charybdis is going to survive that in probably whatever's inside is going to take a nasty ass beating yeah uh, and then it'll chew through on the on its following turn it'll chew through whatever's left and then from there it's going to move it's going to be just left out in the open so you can shoot it again at that point you would have been able to maneuver Ralderon and the two and the three land raiders but the two land raiders full of breachers so then you can have the breachers get out and you can just have them either shoot the crap out of it and stand there and then have Ralderon run in and then Ralderon and the Crimson Paladins will hold them and then the following turn you can charge your breachers in uh, if it's even still there <laughs> mm -hmm. right um, yeah. and now you've got, you get a good way to deal with one of the nastiest drops um, right then and there Um. so I just thought of just thought about something have you seen anyone using anger on join joining in a ducky squad i think so because you can't do it you can't no oh why not only sir can join an inductee squad oh okay. no other then independent maybe he wasn't then maybe he wasn't but i thought i think it was butchers thought that's what oh he had him with butchers that would make sense but the, okay. again yeah. butchers are still gonna get wrecked yeah they're still gonna take a beating um because it's still strength six, you're wounding on twos, and then yeah. forcing armor saves, but then you're also, like, you're going to get some runs in there as well. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Especially on, like, 20, 20 shots. 20 uh, rending shots. Yeah, you'll get yeah. a couple runs. A couple runs for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, probably one of those guys died from the explosion. Well, hopefully, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, Angron will run through whatever's there, and then you just shoot at him with the last cannon team. Um, oh yeah, and then he just yeah. gets wrecked yeah. at that I mean, point. He'll probably run for the last cannon team, but um, or I would anyway. I'd I'd run him at the last cannon team as fast as I can get him, um, and then you know they'll probably hit one or two guys on the the Overwatch. Yeah, get him, and then um, he'll they'll just be standing out in the open. They'll get shot a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Uh, I don't know. That's probably how I think would happen. It's really too bad about the attack bike thing. Uh, that would have been a cool strat. Well, yeah. I mean, I it, it's probably changed since the book uh, came out because I had played the Blood Angels before the book came out, mm -hmm. and I was using the rules the the rules they had going on back. I think book five. Uh, uh book six. Book six, yeah. Book yeah, six. Book five is the ultras, I think. The altars and word bearers. I think book five is Kelth. I think it's Kelth, and I think it's also the Solar Auxilia. Could be. Yep. I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know either. Uh, anyways, James. Um, James, Jake. Jake. I know. His email said James. And I even I changed it on my sticky note. Um, anyways, Jake. Uh I hope that gives you some ideas, some way to, to run like a 2,500 JSROs. Um, obviously, there's some flexibility, some movability in there without, mm. I think, changing too much of the effectiveness. Um, obviously, if you want more scoring, that's an easy thing to do. Uh, you'll get less land raiders, but if you have that heavy last cannon team, that's going to pick up a lot of the slack. Uh, 
I've seen even a five man last cannon team do a lot of fucking heavy lifting. So. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Right on. Uh, any other suggestions? Well, no, the one, the one, my one suggestion just got poo pooed on. So. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. That's <laughs> <laughs> why, that's why we talk it out. Yeah. Um, right on. Okay. Uh, why don't we take a quick break then? Yeah. And then we uh, will have uh, our segment with Reese on. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Talk to you guys soon. on deck today is reese robbins of frontline gaming how you doing reese good man how are you guys doing good ah, surviving it's like yeah. 15 degrees centigrade today <laughs> just oh wow really warm for that's warm for us right now <laughs> yeah um i don't think i've had a motorcycle ride in november since 2013 <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a nice way to spend the day yeah, yeah, it's it's not bad. I think we got a little bit of a Chinook, um, which is, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know what a Chinook is. I know they tell us they happen <laughs> in school, but just it's a like warm some wind. warm air comes in from like the coast, I guess. It <laughs> <laughs> warms us up briefly before like we go back to having snow. Yeah. <laughs> um, right on. So thanks for joining us, uh, taking the time out of your busy day. We appreciate it um craig uh i think i think you've met craig before have you not uh i have met you uh twice in 2019 and 2020 i helped set up the horse heresy event 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the tables and stuff. Yeah, I didn't yeah, help with that. I have like chronic back injuries. <laughs> um, so I just wrote yeah, the no, players it's... back for 2019, uh, and then yeah, setting out. up the events is the people don't realize how much physical labor goes into oh, it. It's, it's, it's genuinely exhausting. hard work. It is. I I was shocked. I both day, both times I've done it, I was beat by the end of it. Uh, setting up, just hauling up to the the penthouse. There, it was it was a lot of fun. It was neat to see how everything was working in the background. But man, that was that was a tough day's worth of work. What was it? Was it in the penthouse again last year? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. The thirty k event for those those that are wondering what we're chatting about. Yeah. Um, was Star Wars up there with you guys again? No, no, they were in a different. They were in a different hall, weren't they, Reese? Yeah, Star Wars? They, Star Wars Legion is, I would say, behind 40K, it's the fastest growing event that we have. And we had to move them to a bigger hall, and then it, they've doubled in size. Well, <laughs> they doubled in size and registration. We'll see what actually happens mm. come game time. But um, that Oh, game's... they doubled again. Yeah, they doubled again. Yeah. <laughs> and they could have grown more. They sold out in 45 minutes. Oh, wow. Man, I've got some. I haven't. I've, I've got some of it built. Um, and actually, I, I, I'm not sure which TO it is. I can't remember now. But uh, and I feel bad because I, I ran into him on Reddit because I mentioned that like, oh, like man, I saw this next to the 30k event. Like this looked awesome. And he actually like uh, uh, put a little care package aside for me. Mm-hmm. I couldn't make it last year. And actually, I think I had you pick it up, Craig. I did pick uh, it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I got some of the tokens and stuff. Like I'd love to play in that event. Uh, some year um that would just be sick but uh anyways for for those that don't know you or, or don't know uh frontline gaming uh can you give us like a little rundown yeah so i guess the elevator pitch of what frontline gaming is uh we went into business in 2011 started out as kind of actually even from the beginning we weren't a traditional game store because we didn't barely have any money and we started in this tiny 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 450 square foot um, uh, building because that's all we could afford. And so right from the word go, we knew we had to do things differently because we didn't have enough room room to be a a traditional game store. So right out the gates, we were a paint studio, um, online retailer, brick and mortar store. And the thing that we were most focused on was event organization and uh, media content creation. Yeah. Um, I started out writing like tactics articles for Bell of Lost Souls way, way back in the day. And um, we ran an event called the Bay Area Open in 2011. It was a huge, well, t- comp- relative to where we were, it was a huge success. And it inspired us to go all in on making a company in the gaming industry. And since then, we've grown considerably. And now we manufacture products here in the USA for um, tabletop gaming. We have, a, to my knowledge, the largest uh, miniature paint studio in North America. We have a very popular blog, YouTube channel, pod, well, we have a podcast network now. Mm-hmm. And um, we also run the biggest, some of and including the biggest games workshop gaming events in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and we started out with one, the Bay Area Open, and two, 2021, knock on wood, <laughs> COVID not, you know, mm-hmm. COVID withstanding, we are scheduled to run at a minimum six, uh, quote unquote, super major level events or major to super major level events 
in 2021 focusing on games workshop uh games that's huge so so we've got we've got the you guys still do the bay area open i I believe right yeah yeah oh and i forgot to mention we created the the itc which is kind of the de facto you know um competitive format or it's it's evolving but it was kind of like the way you did things for competitive 40k and to a lesser extent age of sigmar um uh, all around the world Mm -hmm. it was just to standardize things right so every everyone knew was on the same page right it's yeah it was mostly just to standardize things when gw was like vacant in the community yes and it also is a, a ranking system where you can compete with competitive uh points where you However well you do an event, you get points, how big the event is, and all these other variables give you more or less points. And then also you can compete on the hobby track where, you know, you can lose every single game that you play. But if you have a really cool looking army, you can get points and compete that way. And it's it's just really fun and helps build community, helps get people motivated to go to more events. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's that that last part you mentioned is kind of my shtick. Um, I, I, I never care about my performance. Uh, I just want to have a cool army and a cool theme. And uh, and that's kind of how, how Craig and I started theme, like, you know, building this podcast around. Because um, there are there are a number of 30k guys who do, you know, like the the list, list reviews and things like that for like high performance. And I found it just wasn't wasn't what we did, and and I know that uh, we've got a guy Matt Posey. Um, he always plays in uh, in the doubles event, and he always plays in that because he gets points for his paint scheme and his theme. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's yeah, it's just a super positive experience. Uh, I'm I'm bummed I didn't get to come last year. Unfortunately, January was a it's a tough month for me to get out. <laughs> yeah, you know we sometimes you can make the event, sometimes you can't. You know it's totally understandable. Um, the LVO is definitely worth going to at least once because mm-hmm. it's such a spectacle. Yeah. Um, it, it, but, it's know, breathtaking. Like, <laughs> the first time yeah, I was there. Well, th- thank you. Yeah. We work really, really hard to, to give that exact impression in my vision for it. I want, I want like smoke and lights and music. I want people coming down from the ceiling. <laughs> you know, I can't afford that yet, but that, that's kind of like the ultimate vision is, um, we have a lot of friends that are big time in the e-sport community, and mm-hmm. the the ultimate vision is to be able to put the spotlight on the hobby. Like, I mean, it's never going to be that big just because the market's not that big. But to get as close to that as we can, to like give recognition to people who've dedicated so many hours of their life to becoming a really good painter, a good player, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just to like shine the spotlight on this cool thing that we do. That's it's it's going mainstream, but it's still pretty niche. Yeah. Well, never say never, man. It is it is growing at a pretty alarming rate, and I think I think games like Legion are really helping that. Um, like obviously they're all growing. I think you're seeing numbers go up for for everything, but I think with some of those new mainstream uh, like pop culture games like like Legion, I you know I think we could see it we could see it swing around. Uh, well, maybe someday we will be able to get you those fog lights and well for anyone... even if i'm an old man i'm gonna be like yes yeah <laughs> <Finally>. <laughs> for anyone who hasn't actually been to lvo it is a spectacle when you walk in that main hall like it is it is truly awe inspiring to see that many people playing and just this drone of noise that comes at you when you first walk in there 
I, I the first time I walked in there when it was just it was mind blowing how many people were in there playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's wild, man. Like the main hall at the LVO this year had we saw, we had a thousand people sign up just for the 40k championships, and I think when we rolled dice, it was just under 800. And like we never even thought the LVO would have 800 people in total. Mm, like yeah. when we when we were really getting momentum and going, we were like, dude, if we get 250, we did it. That's like a Depticon. <laughs> and then we hit that relatively quickly, and we're like, oh shit uh 500 and everyone was like oh that's a pipe dream they'll never have 500 people and then we did it almost the next year and we were like holy crap where do we go from here wow that's phenomenal yeah i know i know i was just my head popped uh the first time i was sober and in that hall um yes. <laughs> the first the first I, th- I think it was like the first night we were there uh or something i was just I already annihilated by the time I met the guys at the hall and I spent, <laughs> I bought like everything the forge world table had. Oh yeah. It was just like, yeah, yeah I'll did. take that, throw that on there. And then like, <laughs> then I met the arena Rex guys and I was like, yeah, this looks cool. I'll take the whole thing. <laughs> just oh, yeah. put it in this suitcase. Um, <laughs> I think I actually had to have Craig mule some of my stuff back. I did. So I, <laughs> I overbought. Um, <laughs> that's, that's when I decided I couldn't be in LVO and intoxicated any further. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, it's, it, it's just, it's just a fun time, man. And that was, is. you know, that was the vision was like, can we make the biggest, coolest, most just make your eyes go wide mm-hmm. thing? Can we do it? And we just worked our asses off. And, um, I, I don't think we've, we're there yet, but I feel like we're definitely on the way and it's been a, a lot of fun and a lot of work. Um, but it's, it's been a really cool journey to, to get to this point. And I'm super happy that you guys, been able to come and have fun and participate mm. and then also uh, help make it happen. And, uh, to, you know, as a, as a pro tip, I guess, to anybody considering uh, making the plunge into going to these kind of events, the more involved you get, the more you get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. hundred yes. percent. I'd agree with that. Um, and, and I guess if anyone is interested in helping out, uh, how would they best go about that? Just reach out. You know, reach out, like, whatever your favorite game is. Like, if it's 30K or whatever, whatever, dude. Like, uh, Batman or Marvel Crisis Protocol. Just reach out uh, to me. And I'm, I'm the head um, uh, I'm the head event organizer of, mm-hmm. of, the, um, of the events. And just reach out and be like, hey, can I help out? And 99% of the time, we can find something. Even if it's, like, even if you really can't do a whole lot, like, it's like, oh, I, Friday night, I could come and contribute. Yeah, just come and hang out. You do a little bit of physical labor and meet some cool people, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. You meet friends, and, like, you might only be working for two hours, but what you gain from it will stick with you for a very long time afterwards. So it, it's fun just to get involved. You know, like, when I go to events now, if I can, I'll help break down, even if only for 30 minutes, you know, just because I know how hard it is. And yeah. It's nice just to be a part of that. You know, that, that sense of um, camaraderie that you get is, is well worth the investment of time. Agreed. Yes, I can, ag- yep. I can attest to that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I could disagree with that, uh, even if I wanted to, <laughs> um, to be honest. Uh, that's awesome. That, that's huge. So you mentioned that you still go to events. Do you still play? Do you still uh, participate in the hobby as, uh, you know, kind of on your own time? Or, or is it now like, you know, being a chef? like you cook all day you don't want to go home and cook again 
<laughs> yeah, I've been battling uh, burnout for, I'd say, 15 months. Because not only do we do it as our job, um, we we organize a ton of events. So like a lot of the biggest events we organize, so we don't get to plan. Mm-hmm. And then we're play testers for 40K. And that's like a part-time unpaid job. And when you play test, you're, it's like, I feel like I'm like Gandalf after he fought the Balrog, you know, I'm like, who's Gandalf the gray. I don't even remember who that was. I'm playing rules that don't even exist yet. Multiple multiple versions of those rules. So I don't even remember which one was, was going to be the one, but then I can't talk about them because when you're in the middle of a game, you can't be like, no, that guy doesn't do this. He does that. And then you accidentally just broke your NDA. So like the current rules I'm like are elusive to me. And then sometimes I remember previous editions. So when I would try to play competitively, as soon as I became a play tester, I, I instantly just sucked. Like nowhere near as good as I used to be. And then mm-hmm. it's like a chore too. Cause you're like, Oh man, now I got to brush up on the current rules. And, um, and then, then my business partner, Frankie and I became games workshops, official shoutcasters so all the other big events that we didn't run ourselves we were shoutcasting at yeah mm. so like the the few times i got to play i was so exhausted i was like man i don't even want to do this mm. um and ironically covid has been a shitstorm. but the silver lining on an individual level is that it forced it gave me an excuse to be completely separated and I didn't touch it for months, just focused yeah. on work and trying to survive mm-hmm. as a business through this stupid thing. Um, and then like slowly with taking that kind of a forced sabbatical, I've started to come back to it just through the hobby. And now I've picked up an army. I'm really excited to paint and I'm really jazzed about that. Now, now I joined the local league I'm excited to play and I'm like, Oh man, it's starting to come back. This is great. It really just, it took taking a break to like enjoy it again. Really? Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have to twist your arm and try to get you into a little bit of uh 30 K action. Yeah. So those rules don't awesome, change. Dude. I'm, I'm a huge <laughs> night Lords fanboy. Oh, and, oh man. Um, have you seen their new rules? <laughs> I know. I, I have not actually. Um, uh, they're shit hot murderers now. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. Sevatar yeah. is Sevatar can hit before some Primarchs if the conditions are right. Sevatar yeah, is of all the you know right hand man characters, I think Sevatar is top three. Like Karn, Sevatar, mm-hmm. Sigismund, I'd say yeah. those are my favorite. He's just such a he's such it's like spike from cowboy bebop he's such a boss dude oh yeah yeah yeah. and it's it's gonna be hard for either of those other two guys to put up a fight now oh yeah yeah, sigismund's eternal warrior will help uh because all of all of uh uh attacks in a challenge are murderous strike um but he's he's got artificer armor and now an ap2 weapon and he can upgrade for like 35 points and um, the right of war changed as well. So uh, if it's night fighting and he's in a challenge because his weapon has duelist edge, uh, <laughs> then he's hitting it like initiative seven with like five or six attacks with murderous strike ridiculous. in a challenge. Yeah. yeah. It's, he's super good. 
and the night lords in general just got like they got some really cool buffs uh and some really cool rights of war to like pull some really cool and thematic stuff yeah uh, they blended the old two rights of war into just terror assault and like terror assault got so good um i'm excited to see more night lords on the table yeah dude they're 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 so cool because i'm usually like a hardcore good guy fanboy like I'm a, I'm a big time Dragon Ball fan and like Goku's mm. my favorite and everybody else likes Vegeta for good reason. He's a way cooler <laughs> character. But I normally like gravitate towards the good guys, but I, for whatever reason, I've always liked the Night Lords. And when I read Aaron Dimsky Bowden's Night Lords trilogy, I was just like, dude, these guys are so sick. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, They're I have, twisted. Um, I, uh, I usually paint my own stuff and um, I paid. Uh, a phenomenally talented artist to paint my Conrad Kurz and Sevatar to like the highest level. Mm-hmm. And he, I have my, my Kurz as uh, I had him do it like Batman. So he's on like the edge of a building and there's a light shining up on him from underneath. It's so sick. Like, oh man. Can you yeah, send me a in picture? The office and it lights <laughs> up and everything. <laughs> it's like one of my prized hobby possessions. Uh, never, Touch the tabletop, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, just just get like a second one and use use the other one as a game piece, and just leave that one where it is. Yeah. Um. Can you send us a picture of that though? I'd love to throw. Oh that yeah. Oh yeah. I'd love to. It, it's phenomenally well painted. Like. Yeah, for sure. Can you shout out? Who painted? Yeah. I told him I was like, bro, take. I don't care how long it takes, as long as it's a reasonable price. I don't care how much it costs. It's like this is my favorite two characters in the 40k universe do mm. justice yeah for sure uh did you want to shout out who painted it yeah his name is uh caleb wisenbeck and uh oh yeah ck studios CK studios yep yeah mm. yeah he's a good friend of mine and he's phenomenally talented yeah yeah he's uh is it ck studio no um is it a uh, cult of paint that i was just looking at bases because i hate doing bases um <laughs> It's the it's the fucking bane of my existence. That and terrain. Dude, I hate <laughs> base coat. Oh god, don't even tell me. Don't even talk to me about terrain, man. Like yeah, yeah. I've seen <laughs> I've seen the amount of terrain these guys have pulled out. Like Jesus. And I I personally put my hands. I've I've been a part of making um, like ninety nine percent of every single piece of terrain that's in the oh. entire Las Vegas Open. God. Oh my god. I can't tell you how Maybe many sixteen hour how many sixteen hour days. I've spent like grinding out because we have a very high standard for the terrain. Like it, I, w- without any um, sense of um, arrogance or whatever, I can honestly say that outside of boutique small events where the terrain's like an art piece, we mm. have the best terrain of any event in the world and the scale at which it's on is ridiculous. And that's because I, I will sit there and, literally 16 hour days for 30 days if that's what it takes to make sure every single piece is up to the standard i would i would i would rather stab myself in the eye with a fucking hot spoon than make another (laughs) piece of terrain (laughs) yeah uh, i'm only like just getting my first tables worth of terrain now mind you i mean craig can attest to it it is like i could probably space it out over two tables at least yeah because i've got like a real real hard on for city fight. Um, and, uh, and I'm just trying to find every cheap, dirty trick I can to get it looking like decent fast. So if you've got some, I will oh, absolutely dude. take them. I know every shortcut in the 
book. If you need any help, just ask. Dude. Yeah. I, okay, all right. We'll, we'll take that offline <laughs> for sure. Uh, I definitely need it. Um, my, my current strategy, and I don't know if it's going to turn out or not, is I'm using, uh, I'm using Games Workshop's um, Wraithbone because it's got some of that gloss in it. Uh, to hopefully reduce the surface tension. And then I'm going to take a little bit of Corax white in the spray can and try to just create a little bit of targeted highlight because a lot of the pieces I built are too big to fit anywhere near my spray box. <laughs> and then I'm hoping I can just like hit that with a dirty oil like and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a ton of tricks. Like one of the best tips, one of the best tricks I ever learned is especially if you're using GW Terrain, which is it's expensive, but gosh dang, is it all, it's so, so beautiful. And mm. because it has so many features and so much three dimensionality to it, like so many recesses, it's like a fresco right across the whole thing. Yeah. It makes it really easy to use, um, like kind of like cheater techniques. And I basically bought every color of spray paint from the hardware store, like that you could imagine. Right. And we have a shelf, <laughs> in our warehouse where we work on terrain, that's like the spray paint, you know, uh, capital of the, of the world. Right. So there's every <laughs> flip in color. Yeah. And I found that if you take one of those and you spray it with like two to three colors and you do it in a kind of a quick, I want not really Zenithal, but like you do some quick passes with it so that there's layers of color mm-hmm. and then you wash dry brush and then just sparingly pick out details. It makes it really, really pop. And it mm. looks like you spend a lot of time on it, but you really you put the minimum amount of time to get the maximum effect, and it, it works really, really well. Mm. Okay, perfect. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make that work. Uh, I'm trying to do like the Coral City from uh, Istvan Three right now, and I'm trying to do it in a way where I can also pass the table off like Prospero. <laughs> so it's a lot of white buildings, uh, and I think that's my nightmare. <laughs> It's it's so worth it though because I mean we spend all this time making our armies look super dope, and then if you're playing on a table with like unpainted or shitty terrain, it's like it you... it's like such a letdown, you know. Like, yeah. I, I, at what point are you playing War Machine, where where like there's just this minimal effort towards aesthetics? Like, I always tell people I'm like, if I want to play chess, I'll play chess. You play yeah. 40k to have or 30k or, or AOS to have a compelling, beautiful, aesthetically. Um, compelling table, right? Like that's a part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, I feel like when the table isn't done very well or just minimalistic or just like half-assed for lack of a better term, it takes you out of the game, especially when you have armies on the table. Yeah, it does. You feel like yeah. you're playing with toys, right? Like I'm yeah. like, it's, at a certain point, you might as well just go play Hero Clicks, which I, I'm not, there's nothing wrong with Hero Clicks. If, if you like that, that's wonderful. But like, when you play these games, it's like you're you. When you when you when you take the time to paint them, to really invest energy into it, you're emotionally invested into it, and that's the magic of it, right? Like, like this is Sergeant Bob, and he has uh, three brothers on another planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really aspires to be the chapter champion, you know. And like, I say it as a, I say it in a mocking tone, but we all have these narratives in our head about these mm-hmm. uh, about these models because we care about them. Oh, 100%. And mm. uh, I, I don't know if you've ever met JP from the Age of Darkness, but like he gets deep on that. Uh, and, and I hear it's just an absolute delight uh, when you actually end up playing against him because all of his stuff's painted 
and it's all got a backstory and it just becomes such an investment that you're like, you almost feel bad for calling his forces, but yeah. he has like a very <laughs> Soviet style militia where their, their job is to get called. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's fun, man. Like I, I literally write backstories for all my armies, even if it's just a, you know, 500 words or whatever. Cause it helps me like get into it. You know, like I start mm. thinking about, Oh man, what do these guys do? And blah, blah, blah. And you know, it's silly, but it's fun. Right. Like, I mean, we're, we're engaged in a silly hobby already. Like you might as well go all in. Yeah. Go balls yeah. deep at that point. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Com- completely agree. <laughs> uh, so do, do you have a full 2,500 points in night Lords? Or how many points uh, of Lords do you I have? Ooh, hilariously, right. I, I do not have. You can play Centurion. Um, um, I do, like, I have, I have, so the problem with me is that when I started painting it, every model was like a freaking masterpiece by my very mediocre painting standards. Yeah. And I got, I'd say I got 20 models in. <laughs> and I floated off to another project. <laughs> yeah, I was like painting <laughs> lightning bolts all over them. I was airbrushing it first and then, you know, putting it in. I was like, these look sick. Fuck, this takes forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had to do a very small, like, night. I had to do like 2,500 points of Night Lords one time just to balance out a campaign. Um, and uh, a guy in town was posting up, like, I wanted his Conrad Kurz and his Sevatar just for a personal collection. And, uh, and he was like, no, I'll take it all or you don't get any of it. So I, I got, I got it in a trade and then we had to like, we needed a trader to balance out, um, like a narrative campaign that I was running. And, uh, I was like, all right, I guess I'm doing night Lords. And I specifically did not do the lightning bolts for that reason. <laughs> I was just like, I know I'm going to kill myself if I have to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, all my guys have the bat, the the batwing helmets, and then of course after I read the novels, and it was like, oh, they don't all literally. It's a ceremonial headdress. I was like, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's and fine. You just got to build. You just got to build nineteen other squads. And then yeah, like I, I have a whole like drawer full of Night Lords metal bits from the old days. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think honestly, I think if I was really gonna like drill down into it, I would. I would do a, a, a blended, like, hey, I'll, I'll hire an artist to help me do mm-hmm. it. Um, mm-hmm. I still want to put the emotional investment into it, but, like, grinding that much painting on one army, I just I just don't have it in me, in me anymore, right? Mm-hmm. At least not right now. Yeah. I'm just still a little too crispy burnt out. <laughs> mm. yeah. But, like, yeah. in a more relaxed state where you're like, oh, I'm going to paint one model every two days, no, no problem. Just mm-hmm. you know, do it at your do it at your own pace. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I definitely agree there, uh, and I definitely get the hobby ADD as well. Actually, I was just chatting with uh, Craig um, beforehand because uh, a guy in town here, Darren, had like a bunch of bits for me, and I've been really kind of for the last few years, kind of collecting bits and slowly here and there building a model or two uh, to have just this insane Space Wolf's army like a no model and converted kind of thing. And, uh, and he, he actually had a bunch of the discontinued dwarf shields, like the round wooden ones. Yeah. Now, and, and like, I've, I've got to finish this ringer army for return to Istvan event that we're, we're running in December. Um, and it's the last fucking thing I want to do now. Cause I just want to work on these space walls. 
Yeah. I know it's hard, right? Like during COVID, all I did was paint D&D minis and like it was such a ref- it was such like a palette cleanser because mm, yeah. I'm like a I'm a um uh, I'm like a miniature fanatic. Like I I look at every manufacturer in the world that I can find out about and I look at every single mini and I imagine how I would paint it. So I had this like list in my head of like all these cool fantasy minis that I would at some point in time love to like collect and paint. And I never had the time for it because I was always trying to make the next army to make content about it. Oh, this is the new thing. Oh, I got to try and rush to get it done and blah, blah, blah. I got to try to be good in a tournament. So I got to, you know, uh, make an army that's good. And then I have to rush and speed paint it. And I don't really, it sucks because I don't really care about it. So then I just took a break and I was just painting like Ettons and Beholders and, you know, Githyanki and all this Mm-hmm. Just yeah. random shit that just for the straight pleasure of it. And it really made me enjoy painting again. So now I'm like, I got a Deathwing army and I'm like, I'm going to paint every model. He's going to look sick. And I'm actually excited about it. So yeah, like sometimes you just, you need a palate cleanser just to like reinvigorate yourself. Otherwise you just, it feels like a, a job at a point. And that's the yeah, opposite yep. of what the hobby should be. 100%. Um, yeah, it's I actually, totally agree. that's largely what I keep the arena Rex stuff for. Uh, and animal Those infinity models are minis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're phenomenal. Like if if you, I mean, if it hasn't shown through in my excitement for the space wolves, I have the Zafiri, which is the Viking, <laughs> like the Viking faction for Arena Rex. But um, a lot of Raven motifs, which is funny because my other main army is Raven Guard. But um, yeah, them and uh, the Warcry models I find are awesome as power cleansers. The, the Warcry models are. Re- I have all of them. Some of the best models GW's ever made. Like, oh, hands down. So um, sick, and there's so mm. much character. And some of them I got them, and I put them together, and I painted them. And I'm like, I will probably never use you. You're gonna sit in my model cabinet, and I'll just enjoy looking at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's so for me. I I was really trying to find kind of my own style that's a little bit unique to our area. Uh, and I, I love John Blanche and I love his art. And as soon as I saw those models, I was like, this is where I learned to do that crap. (laughs) (laughs) And, and it's just been like, it's starting to bleed into kind of all, all the mini painting that I do. But, um, I have the, uh, the Corvus Cabal, big surprise. (laughs) And, uh, like the metals on, on there, just, it's so much life in that, in that little mini it's unreal. Uh, yeah, dude, the Raven Guard are my second favorite chapter after Night Lords, which is funny because they're so similar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, they're so they're so cool. Like, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a big fanboy of them. Um, they yeah, they were kind are. of my first my first foray into not my first foray into Space Marines. Like years ago, I did Blood Angels, um, and uh, I never had like a full army or anything. I was just painting minis here and there, and I just loved the kind of siege of terror lore um and then i actually kind of accidentally like stumbled into the heresy in forge world i, I placed an order for like an avatar of Cain from forge world and they sent me like almost 300 pounds worth of night lord stuff <laughs> and i was like yeah, yeah yeah i'm dead serious and i was like what <laughs> what is this and i had no idea what it was and it got there way faster i was like oh i thought it was supposed to be here in like a couple weeks um and i was like wow this avatar must be huge because i had a giant box sitting on my porch 
and I opened it up and I was like, oh no. And I was like, it's really close to Christmas. I better, I better alert Forge World immediately so, so that they can, they can help this guy out and he can get his Christmas taken care of. And, uh, and so I messaged them and they're like, yeah, dude, we already know. <laughs> like, we've already sent another avatar out to you. And I was like, and, and then they didn't address the fact that I was like, I have all these minis. Um, and they were, and I was like, well, where do you want me to send them to? And they're like, dude, just keep it. Like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't play heresy yet and, uh, I sat on them for a little bit and I was kind of like, ah, like maybe I can make a chaos army of night Lords. Like the night Lords are pretty cool. And then I was like, no, nah, I'm never going to do that. Like, um, I'm not interested in playing chaos and, and I didn't realize 30 K was a thing at all. And then I kind of went back and I was just looking, you know, a couple months down the line and like Korax came out and he had a bundle and then I started asking around on Reddit because it was still uh, 6th or 7th edition at the time. And they are like, yeah, you can totally use it with your buddies who are playing 40k. So I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll do Raven Guard. <laughs> uh, just because Korax looked man. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't for the life of me figure out who I sold those fucking models to. He's never <laughs> come out to a game. He's never come out to a league or a campaign or any of the events. And I'm like, there's somebody out there who knows what he has and he bought it. And I don't know who he is. And I want to play him. <laughs> I want to play against yeah. those. Cause I sold it for like nothing. <laughs> like, Isn't uh, that the worst when you sell somebody something that's really cool and then they don't use it. Yeah. yeah I've had yeah. that happen. Well, he might be using it. He might just be like a garage hammer guy somewhere. Right. Um, that's what you hope, right? Like, yeah, that is. What I, I had um, I had a Harlequin army with every single Rogue Trader era Harlequin, all painted with the dags and the checks. Oh wow! So it works, right? And then when I graduated, um, when I when I graduated college, I was like, I'm quitting. You know, I've, I'm gonna, I have a real job. I'm gonna go wear a suit. So I sold it to this guy, and he never fucking used it. And then, of course, as soon as I went into the real world, I was like, this shit sucks. I want to play games again. Oh my God. <laughs> and that I was, was like, bro, I'll that. pay you double what you sold it, what I sold it to you for. Like, just give it back to me. So it's getting used. He's like, Nope. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Wow. <laughs> oh, that sucks. That's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. To my knowledge, it's just been sitting in his closet for like 15 years. I'm like, dude, just use them, please. <laughs> yeah. Take them out. Let them see the sun. Yeah. No kidding. Like, I mean, it'd be different if they were at least in a display cabinet. Yeah, and like they didn't have transports back then because um, yep. I was four, fourth head when I sold them. So I oh. converted. Uh, I don't think they called them Star Weavers back then. I think they, they called them like Venoms. But mm. um, I converted it out of like a scaled down Gundam. And it was like the dopest conversion. And I was like, dude, that's a one of a kind model. And it's just sitting in your closet. Like, please, for <sighs> the love of Mike, take it out and play it. <laughs> oh, that's criminal. That's absolutely mm. criminal. Yeah, I was so bummed, man. I was like, oh, it's so sad. <laughs> That's why I don't sell my armies anymore. Like, I just, I, I just hoard them. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do. <laughs> oh, it's, man. Uh, that's friggin' sweet. Right on. Um, cool. Uh, anything else you want to shout out, Reese? Anybody you'd like to shout out? Get them a little bit of airtime. Um, got like a million things, but really, if you're listening to this and we got to enjoy the hobby, just endure COVID. And when the time comes and we can safely go out and enjoy one another's company in the hobby, like jump out, get involved. If you've ever, mm. um, if you've ever been like tournament curious or whatever, like, or, or organized play curious, like just give it a go. 
it's so fun and the people are so nice and welcoming. It'll really expand your your hobby and your social circle and your friend network. And uh, it'll be well worth the investment of time, energy, and money. And uh, you, you'll gain a lot more from it and from the hobby. And, and you'll stay involved longer than you would have. So get out involved and, and meet new people and, and, and just enjoy rolling some dice with friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they, I think you said it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned you've got six events. You get the Bay Area Open, which is obviously in the Bay Area, San Francisco. Uh, there's the South Cal, uh, SoCal Open, uh, which is down in, in Los Angeles. There's the uh, Las San, Vegas. San Diego. San, please. Oh, it's oh. in San Diego. Oh. Well, pardon me, sir. If you're a SoCal uh, native like I was, that that those are fighting words. <laughs> those are fighting words. I'm sorry. I thought Zach told me it was in L.A. Um, no, <laughs> San, San Diego is like the more beautiful nicer with nicer people version of la ah uh yeah yeah i've i've, I've been to san diego i've been at orange a few times um and san diego is much more of a if you're gonna vacation it is better to vacation in san diego oh yeah there's no question you couldn't pay me to live in la no no me neither uh like i used to work for a company in our factory it was in orange um, or fontana sorry we would stay in orange and uh, I was just like, even the traffic alone made me just want to take a Smith and Wesson taste test. Like, I'm only <laughs> oh. there for a few days. <laughs> yeah, dude, I lived there for two years and it was flipping awful. I would never ever go back. No, no. Um, so sorry, I offended you. There's there's a super haunted house in San Diego, though, isn't there? Um, yeah, well, San Diego County is actually is gigantic, right? Like, there's a yeah. lot. There's a lot, lot there. Um, it's 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 a lovely place. Like if you if you ever want to go on vacation in California, skip. I mean, San Francisco is cool because there's a lot of history and stuff. But like, mm-hmm. in my opinion, skip all that shit. Go all the way down to the bottom. San Diego is so much fun, so much to do. The people are nice. The weather's per- literally it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that that's the spot in California, in my opinion. Yeah, July Fourth is a cool time to go. Um, yeah, yeah. I, awesome. I, I saw a lifeboat on the big aircraft carrier. <laughs> yeah on the midway <laughs> yeah on the midway yeah um <laughs> that was it was wild <laughs> I was just, yeah uh... i used to live three blocks from the midway oh really oh, okay wow. yeah. <laughs> yeah um <clears throat> yeah i had like i was still kind of hopped up because I, I had recently had like my wisdom teeth out <laughs> and i'm i'm standing around on this boat on the deck of this aircraft carrier which is like they're immense if anyone's never actually seen one in person um and there were a couple friends and they're just like this is awesome i was like i don't know this band like i don't know who we're seeing and then they played that one song that i don't know whichever one they're famous for and i'm just kind of like oh yeah no i know this band (laughs) (laughs) and then uh then we went up to that there's like the the fancy shopping area in yeah in that area and um I hadn't really been eating because my teeth weren't healing well. And uh, so everyone else went on like this awesome hike, I guess. And I just started walking into like million dollar open houses <laughs> and just being like, yes, I'm moving my tech company down here and I'm interested <laughs> in moving in. <laughs> what other properties can you show me? And it, yeah, this actually is an awesome time. <laughs> San Diego's not as uh, hoity-toity as LA, but there's a couple areas in it where it's like, you know, your daddy Warbucks is oh, living yeah. there. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was a pretty good time. Um, and I didn't go to the zoo though. Yeah, the zoo's <laughs> the zoo's awesome. There, there's it's a, it's a wonderful place. Um, oh, I mean, I guess since we're talking about it, do you mind if I plug some of the other yeah. new events? Oh yeah, 100%. for sure. Well, we'd love for you to, right? I mean, people can't get to them if they don't know about them. So the one that I'm personally most excited about, and one that I've been um, hoping to make happen for a long time is we have the new Orleans open coming up and that will be in December in the very beginning of December. And uh, for anybody who's never been to new Orleans, it is truly a one of a kind city. It's, it is an amazing, amazing city. It's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we have the Atlantic city open, which is in Atlantic city, obviously on the Eastern seaboard, which is, it's a cool beach town and um, famously where the Jersey, Jersey Shores <laughs> was filmed. Um, but it's really conveniently located. And so I think that could be a gigantic event. Mm. And then we have the Las Vegas team tournament, which is going to be coming up in the fall. Um, only 40K. Uh, only 40K because that's all we have room for. But yeah. if you do like 40K and you like team events, it's going to be like an ATC style 40K team event in Las Vegas here in our backyard is going to be ultra affordable, super fun. We, we negotiated some great deals like buckets of beer for incredibly, incredibly aggressive prices for uh, Vegas. And um, it, it should be a, an absolute blast. Yeah, that's all. That sounds that's awesome. Um, are you going to have 30 K events at the other ones? Yeah, if assuming that we have space, yeah. So it, the the issue now is always space because yeah. we tend to sell out our events really quickly now. Yeah. Knock on wood, thankfully. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the issue for us now is just space, and then of course tos too, right? Like you need someone yeah. who can run the event. Yeah. So anybody in those areas, they would <laughs> like to do it. Please reach out to me. Yeah, because yeah. our borders are closed, so Craig and I can't go do it. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that's annoying. Hopefully that. Hopefully we get through this whole stupid thing soon. I am. I think so everyone over, is so like, done yeah. with it. Seriously, but gosh dang it, am I over this stuff? Yeah. Um. I mean, another year max, probably. Because uh, I mean, it took three. It took three years for Spanish flu, and we didn't have vaccine technology back then. So, probably two years, like total runtime. Fingers <laughs> crossed, right? I mean, yeah. I know people that are being given a vaccine like right now, like first responders yep. and, yep. and it, anybody listening, I'm not an expert. Don't, don't take anything I say even <laughs> yeah. remotely seriously. Um, from what I'm hearing it, they're expecting to have mass distribution for the first round of vaccines end of this year, beginning of next year. So yeah, I've heard, I've heard the same thing. And, and yeah, hopefully summertime where we can have events. Um, yeah, the, uh, one thing that I've heard though is that it's like, and it, this is this is because of the disease. For whatever reason, our antibodies don't stick around as long as they do with like most diseases. So we may have to get vaccinated like every six months, which is annoying. But hmm. I think again, in my could in be my worse. ignorant opinion, I have a feeling it's going to be like the flu, where it just becomes a normal part of life, and it's just yep. oh, you know 100%. what I mean? Like the like the flu, you have to get a vaccine every year, and it's just a it's a crap shot whether or not you get the right, which whether or not the doctors pick the right one. So yep. yeah, you know, exactly. it, it sucks. It's, it's, it's crappy. I wish it wasn't here, but it is. And I think 
I think it's just a matter of time before it just becomes, it fades into the background, like every other risk that we're faced with. And yep. you know, no, I don't know. I'm not right a on that. I think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not a doctor either. But, uh, I am not a doctor either. I spend, I spend my entire day talking to doctors. <laughs> Um, and that's all well, then you know more than I now. do like <laughs> I just yeah I don't work in vaccines though I work in like asthma um, but a uh, little little allergic rhinitis I guess but um, yeah we'll get through it pretty quick and then it'll yeah exactly what you said it'll be like the flu you gotta get a vaccine every year every six months whatever yeah yeah and you but, just you know just, it becomes a it just becomes a part of the equation of life like you know yeah yeah, and there are worse things. Like, if I have to be minorly inconvenienced for an afternoon to get like a small pinprick, but I can yeah, go back deal. to like going to yeah. the U.S., throwing dice, and showing off my shit hot armies. I'm just kidding; they're not that good. <laughs> <laughs> like, my Raven Guard are a bag of shit. Um, they're they're a pretty big mix of like really cool, really nicely painted models, but just like I phoned it in hard. <laughs> well yeah yeah i mean i i'm disappointed that i don't get to go to lvo in 2021 this year this like, i went 19 and 20 and 2021 yeah. i was really looking forward to it and now it's just like well i mean i can't go there so i'm hoping 2022 life will be back to normal i'll be able to go to lvo because it's a blast i mean i love i have a blast every time i go down there so many great people yeah. I might it's have just, to shift really, to go to it like really one is the other just ones. a it's just a good time oh you know, yeah. it's just it's a it's a big party it's really fun mm-hmm. yeah the blast uh 2019 i was out on the strip just I, I can't even remember if i was with anyone but i ended up just uh partying all night with like the executive team from lush makeup or not makeup um the soap company <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> like uh, i ran into them in the flamingo they're just like, cool, what are you guys doing? And they're just like, oh, we just finished up like our national meetings. I'm like, where do you work? And they're like, Lush. I'm like, sweet, my girlfriend loves your stuff. Like, <laughs> wants to fucking play beer pong. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the way, I mean, that's Vegas, right? Like, that's not just LVO. Like, Vegas is just like that. Mm. And yeah, <laughs> um, we have lots of organized social events where like the pub crawl and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it, just, it makes it easy to just enjoy yourself. Even if you're, not that kind of per like if that if you know like social stuff maybe make, gives you anxiety or whatever it at the lvo it's easy because it's all structured and everyone mm. is like you uh it makes it easy to just go out and let your hair down and have a good time yeah oh yeah, yeah for sure yeah you know what craig actually I, I do remember exactly when that was um nobody else in our group is like a poker player mm. so i was like well i've got a tournament to play so i'll see you later and then we all had like a rendezvous time and uh, I did not do well in that tournament. <laughs> oh yeah, you were, you, I remember that. And you you ended up hanging. Yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, because yeah. you were, you ran um, out. You were, you were bored for a little while there. Yeah, and then I was just like, I can't even remember where you. Oh, you guys were at Medieval Times. Oh yes. Because uh, I was like, I don't like eating with my hands. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna go play poker. I'll see you guys later. And so I was just waiting for you guys. And I ran into the Lush team. <laughs> and That's uh, a great story. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely better than the first time I was in Vegas. Um 
yeah, I don't know. Vegas is awesome, but uh, uh, January is always tough for me because I, I never know when my national meetings are. Like I work for a small company now and we always like, we always decide when our meetings are like way too late, like October, November. Um, and then they're like, they're going to be in January. So I might have to just like start swinging down to New Orleans or something. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're trying to make it easy to pick at least, you know, one or two. So our, our, our ultimate goal is to have uh, one really big event 10 months out of the year. And we're working towards that steadily, but we're trying to pick cool cities that are fun. And that even if you lose every game and whatever, or you get so hammered, you don't even show up to yeah. play half your games, you could still go and have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's me. I'm the second one. Um <laughs> <laughs> But awesome. Well, thanks, Reese. I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, thanks for stopping in. Thank you um, so much. Any anything else you want to shout out? Anybody else? Um, I got my notes going here, so <laughs> I think that's uh, plenty of shout outs for this show. But thank you so much for having me on, guys. Um, thanks a lot. I had a lot of fun. Yeah, awesome. Glad you enjoyed it. <clears throat> and welcome back. Let's put a little bow on this, Craig. Yeah, I think we should. That was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Thanks again, Reese, uh, over at Frontline Gaming for popping by the studio, hanging out on deck with us. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to put some of those uh, those um, terrain tips to use. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because uh, I hate it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I actually, uh, I saw there's a Kickstarter coming out that's just all like fold, fold like pop-up I saw paper that. terrain. Yeah, it's like a hundred bucks for like a table. That's not bad. And I'm just like, God damn it. Like, yeah, it's like it's like those old pop up books. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, might yeah, yeah. The, I might get the pyramid one. Uh, oh yeah, for uh, Bam Prospero. Tiska. <laughs> yep, exactly. Tiska. Bam. Yeah. Done. Hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, well, super easy to store. That's perfect if you live in an apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Actually, if you you know small what? gaming yeah. space. Yeah, hundred percent. I better uh better make a note. We'll call that out kickstarter pop-up terrain mm-hmm. uh, give them some love yeah because uh, if you're like me and hate terrain see i hate building it. terrain i like painting it oh, see i like building it so um, i should just give you all my unbuilt stuff and then you give me all your stuff you need painted and we'll just swap yeah except <laughs> you're probably not gonna like how much i get out of uh out of each kit not much. I'm taking it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, right on. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. So uh, thanks again for joining us, guys. Um, if, uh, if you haven't checked out our Instagram yet already, make sure you do so uh, at the DAB podcast. Uh, check out Facebook. Uh, follow us there as well um, at uh, DAB podcast. And um, email, in case you want us to do a listener list for you, uh, is deathandbetrayal at gmail.com. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, make sure you check out Little Legend Studio. Um mm-hmm. Pop in for his Patreon if you can. Yeah, for uh, sure. Head on over to Frontline Gaming if you need a battle mat or uh, mm-hmm. any number of products. Or um, follow, check them out on Facebook if you want to. Uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about some of the events. Yeah, for sure. Um, Turbo Dork Paints. I know you, you chatted about them. Uh, yep. Tabletop Conflict, and then that that Kickstarter pop up terrain uh, will yep. be in the show notes as well. Yes. Um, other than that. I think that's it for me. Anything you need? 
Mm, check me out on uh, Instagram, Craig or the Barbarian. Yep, there you go. And that's about it. Right on. Okay, thanks, guys, and uh, keep those Geller fields up. Take care. Fucking thing sucks. We'll do it live.